Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? <laughs> Right, 1965. You know, how is it every week we play that song and I just, I, I get in trance. I sit there and I get into the song and I forget, like, oh, I should be like sending out my, my tweets and my posts that, hey, we're live on the air. But <laughs> there you go. Now you know. <clears throat> we're live on the air. All right, here we go. It's Thursday. It's totally different Thursday, everybody. It's Bay Ragney. And, uh, you know, we're here. We're live. Uh, we survived. Uh, I, I guess it could be called Hell Week. We survived Hell Week. We made, <laughs> we made it through. <clears throat> um, we're still standing. We're still breathing. And uh, we're going to still be rocking tonight, at least. Not, not, not tomorrow night, but tonight we will be. So uh, it's going uh, to be an interesting show. So we're going to get to talk to everybody. But I can't talk to everybody without this person. And one of the two people are here. Number three is a little late. Who knows where he is? Could be a boom boom right tonight. I, I don't know. But uh, a man who uh, he's a good friend, and he put a post out earlier about uh, uh, books he's writing, which I hope we get to discuss tonight. And uh, I'm going to put a plead out to this person as well in a little bit. Uh, let's welcome to the show my good friend, <laughs> Mr. Nick Wilkinson. What's going on there, buddy? What's up, man? Uh, long week. A- for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know what? But it's it's almost over. Like yeah. I can't even say it's almost over because after the happenings of this past week and, and the insanity and the craziness and when it all went burning down in flames the other day, like it was like a quiet day that day, which just so happened to be the fourth of July and it was a holiday. So it was quiet. But since yesterday morning, like, my phone and my email has been, like, on warp paper speed because it's just been blowing up, whether it's actual phone calls, text messages, emails out the wazoo between clubs, promoters, other promoters, booking agents, uh, like, 
making calls, trying to find new homes to run shows, and it's just been complete insanity. Uh, but I got the bottom line was like after uh, and people don't know what we're talking about. Like uh, tomorrow night, we would just have our big show at Whiskey Tango with tonight's guests, which are uh, Gina Zoe, who was on uh, season ten of The Voice. Uh, Stephanie Johnson out here from uh, the Allentown area, which uh, another person, she just, uh, dude, uh, her new single is freaking amazing. Again, uh, Gina Zoe, too, she's got a new single out. And, and this is where I feel bad. And Krigara um, was coming up from Nashville and uh, just with Whiskey Tango and shutting down and then reopening and then officially shutting down Fourth of July and uh, having to cancel the show tomorrow night. Two times we canceled it. Two times, um, both so we're still times gonna... through no fault of your own, no fault of the effort that you were putting out there, or the you know performers on the show, totally right. out of your hands. Yeah, and the, the the part that's where like I really feel bad because like uh, you know we're gonna have the all three girls on tonight and. I I I I don't want to I don't even know if I want to know the answer, but all three of them had singles come out within like the last week to ten days, new singles, videos, and I'm like, oh man, I wonder if they like kind of like made it around tomorrow night's show, the timing of it, like I was just like, right, you know what I mean, like feeling bad, um, but all three were amazing, and also there was a fourth because. When we canceled it the first time and then went to put it back on, um, Gina couldn't make it. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. And uh, we got replacements, uh, Neilani and Serena, these identical twin sisters, and they're they're amazing as well. I can't wait to get them on the show and uh, do some shows with them. But um, they were like hopped right to it and were super easy to work with and they were ready to come in and um, – yeah, just uh, just craziness. So, um, can't wait to talk to the girls. And they were all, all three of them were like really, um, you know, like what you said. They they were understood and um, thanked me and were thankful that you know we we tried to keep doing what we were trying to do. Um, but it, it got to the point where, and and I sent it over. I sent it to you first, Nick, and then I sent it to the girls. Like when the shit really just boiled down and just hit the fan. Um, I started putting together a timeline because I, I just right. knew I needed to write all this down as it was happening because people wouldn't believe it. Like, uh, oh, yeah, because <laughs> it was insane. It was like the opposite of what anybody would deem professional. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it just <clears> – I shared it with everybody, you know, when it all was said and done. And, uh, you know, I just I, – I do. I just truly feel bad that – we couldn't pull this show off. It it just really it pumped me out. It really did. I mean, we we had especially like for you know Kennedy and, and Stephanie. They were making their Philadelphia debuts. And I, you know, we'll get it somehow. We'll get it done. We're still looking for uh, for spots. But well, and that leads us to the other thing. Like we had, and I had it. I've had it booked for two months already. I I put together a Halloween show at right. Whiskey Tango. I, I wanted to make sure I had that date way in advance because I had the right. idea for the show and I just thought it would be a fun show to put on. And um, there's a new 
you know, Ghost is the hot band out there now. They oh, they are fucking amazing. Um, friends okay. of mine together this Ghost tribute band called Ghoul BC, which actually I got to find a video, dude. They w- they did another podcast the other night where they were actually live in a studio, in full Ghost getup, and it was oh, wild. Wow. It was fucking wild. Like just that look just like them, sound like them. Uh, I'm so looking forward to seeing them. Um, so make sure you check them out on Facebook. It's called Ghoul BC. Um, so I had Ghoul BC booked, and I have uh, a new Alice Cooper tribute band booked as well called the Zillion Dollar Babies. So I was like, that would be just a great Halloween-type fun show. Well, again, Whiskey Tango closed. I'm like, fuck. So that was my goal yesterday, like – I, I went yesterday morning, I just went right to my office, and I just sat down, and I just started making phone calls and sending emails, and I wasn't stopping until somebody said yes, and by about noontime yesterday, I got that yes, and that yes came from uh, Bar 13, so thank you so much. I'm so oh, excited. Nice. Yes, it's right down a great little club. Actually, my old band of Dead Gerber Babies used to play there a lot. Um, it's a cool little club. It's right over to PA Delaware border. It's on Philadelphia Pike. We just saw, uh, I just went and saw Sunflower Dead there. Uh, Faster Pussycat was there a few weeks ago before that. Um, nice little club. It's a total rock and roll club. It's cool. It's kind of like a gothy type style club. Um, hard rock, metal club. So, uh, so yeah, so we're going to do it there. And we added uh, an original band on the show uh, called Infernal Opera, which are this true, like, totally old school metal band. So it's going to be a nice show. Yeah, three kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, I can't wait now. I just can't wait for October. October 28th, bar 13, is our Halloween Rock and Shock show. So there you go. Mission accomplished. But then, now there's something I didn't – like, dude, this, this is why – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and then I'm going to put my plead out. So we got five minutes before Christmas. Like the other night, I was on a conference call. With, I'm not going to say the band. I'm just, I'll just say this, and, and you'll know who the answer is. My favorite band. Okay. Okay. So you know who I'm talking about. Right. Right. Okay. So they, uh, one, they came to me. One of them came to me and said, "Do you have like a system we can use for a conference call?" So I'm like, "Yeah." I put them on through our system and just, you know how we do our conference calls. So sure. yeah. At first, I was like, "All right, well, I, I got them all set." I'm like, "All right, guys, go ahead. You're you're all set." And I literally, I took off my headphones and was going to walk away. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to hang on. So I ended up hanging on and became part of the conference call and became part of the input on things and uh, working to help them find stuff too now. Like, So as a matter of fact, I just got off the phone with one of them right before we went live uh, about some things. Um so it's just, yeah, like all this stuff is going on. And this afternoon I uh, interviewed a member of the band Trauma, the guy Donnie Hillier. He's been on the show a couple of times. They got a new song. Okay. Interviewed him this afternoon. As soon as I pick up the phone or pick up the, the thing for the interview, he's just like, bay. He was like so excited. He's like, dude, I was so happy when I saw your name on my interview list. I was so happy. Uh, just such a gracious, happy, nice fucking guy. And all, I mean, the new new tune is amazing. And all he kept saying is how bad he just wants to come to Philly and play a show for us. Like, <laughs> it's just amazing shit like that. But anyway, so my plea to you is, 
Like I, I'm trying to do all this stuff, and I need Nick's input. And Nick is very anti phone. Like the only time me and Nick get to talk is on this thing every week. I need at least one. Exactly. I need you to at least give me one phone call a week to sit and work on things outside of this, not live on the air. It's crazy What's that? Because I have Messenger, I have Marco Polo, I have FaceTime, I have so many different apps, and you don't want to use any of them. <laughs> I'll use FaceTime. I'll FaceTime with you. It's like using a phone call. At least I don't have to fucking type it. <laughs> and Marco Polo, no. What am I going to do? Sit there and send a fucking sen- a sentence and then send it over to you? No. I need to talk. A conversation. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh, I hear you. I do. I do. You, you, when all <laughs> this stuff was going on, like I, I, it was killing me to have to sit and type it the fuck out. Oh, uh, I, I communicate better, I think, via the computer. <laughs> okay. It's more efficient, I think. All right. Well, well, we got to figure something out. I don't know. I don't know. We will, we will. Okay. All right, I, I so, hear you. <clears throat> so waiting patiently, probably shaking her head like, what the hell is going on? Let's welcome to the show the one and the only Miss Kristen Bur- or Mrs. Kristen Burke. Oh, hello, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not married to myself. That's that's my birth name, Bert. <laughs> but but all right, let me let me ask you this, Kristen. Like I mean, you're like on the go constantly. So you're and you got your hand really in twenty different things, like myself. Like, don't you like need to like at times just pick up a phone and have a conversation with somebody instead of sitting and typing it out? <laughs> I know. I was like, I agree with you on this. Yes. I talk for a living, and the last thing I want to do is talk more on the phone. I've got to be so honest. When people just want to like really. I, I have one boss. I work for several outlets, so I'm not going to out anyone on this, but. Um, I have one boss that just wants to talk everything out, and I'm just like, I've got deadlines, I've got places to be, I've got to, like, you know, I've got to go and, you know, meet someone, and it's like this long conversation about things that honestly can be written out um, in a very short matter of time. I do have one rule, and I think that this is important, though. If it takes more than a paragraph in an email to describe, explain, et cetera, that's when you pick up the phone because okay. there's no need to write a two-page email. But So if I feel like it takes a long time because no one wants to read a long email either, so that's when I'm like, okay, let's pick up the phone, let me describe it, and then like, let's get that over with. But otherwise, the rest of business can be done via text or email at this point. See, and, and I'm kind of cool with that. I'm kind of cool with that. My, my whole thing is like – which I don't, I don't even know if you, like, know this stuff going on. Like, we started promoting, like, conscious in the area around here in Philly now. We also have a magazine now. <laughs> we, we put out an issue of a magazine. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, so I'm trying to do all these things. And this past week, like, a week ago, we were supposed to be having a concert tomorrow night. A week ago, I walked into the club to drop off more flyers. It was last Thursday afternoon. The owner was in there going bananas and shut the place down. Decided the club was closed. Yeah. Takes my flyers and throws them in the trash can and tells me, sorry, show's canceled. No more shows. Bar's closed. I'm like, oh. What? Well, yeah. that's a little rude. 
So I go home, and on my ride home, I'm trying to like find another club to move it. What a week did you know? You're not going to find nothing. So I go home and I talk to Nick. I talk to my wife. Decide, all right, the, the, the smart thing to do is just cancel it, refund ticket sales. So be it. So that's what I did. 24 hours later, I'm getting a phone call from people at the bar telling me we're not closing. The bar is going to be open tonight, and it, <laughs> you need to put the show back on. If you don't put the show back on, you can never promote here again. Oh, my God. What is up with all these, like, conditions and, like <laughs> – Right. So I go to put – I put the show back on. My headliner couldn't do it because she had already made different plans now. So I had to find yep. a replacement, find a replacement, have to redo flyers, relaunch everything online, reprint everything, take another batch of flyers up to the club Friday night. The club is destroyed. The managers that got thrown out stole everything. All the, the, the taps, the computer system, the booze, they destroyed the kitchen. They stole the tables and chairs. They took everything. I'm like, this is not, not going to happen. That's up a crazy until, story. Cra- oh, it gets crazier. Now, mind you, too, they told me I can do it all ages to, to help bring people in. So I'm promoting it as an all-ages show. Sunday afternoon, I get a text message that because the kitchen was destroyed and they can't serve food, it can no longer be an all-ages show. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but like, Sunday, like, I was, like, ready just to, like, freaking kill somebody. Now, fast forward, Monday night, I talk to somebody again, and they're trying to, they're telling me, like, I'm meeting with the owner tomorrow morning. I'm going to try to talk to them, get your thing so we can do all ages, blah, 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 blah. Okay. July 4th, noontime, July 4th, a message goes down on Facebook on the club's page. Uh, owner changed his mind. Sorry, but the club is closed. We are not moving forward. <laughs> that is a lot of runaround for something like that. That's ridiculous. So in all that craziness of days, I was just like, I, I just want to pick up the phone and talk to Nick and – uh, share my pain and not have to type it out. Okay, that's valid. I would just send Nick a text and say, I need to vent. Do you have 15 minutes? Don't you think he now, would Nick, like would say work? yes? Would, would that work, Nick? Probably not. I'm going to be honest. Early in 2017, <laughs> I put it out there that I no longer I know. accept voice calls. I just don't. I haven't accepted one voice call in all of 2017. Um, just there's so many different ways to communicate now, and, and we can even do it face to face, like just FaceTime me or message me or video Actually, I don't me. Understand or, what, what's the difference between FaceTime and a phone call? It's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, just be, just we get to see each other's faces. Well, no. The yeah. truth is, I, I don't think that there's anything that we can't discuss in uh, Facebook Messenger because I feel like I communicate very effectively in the written form. Uh, I know, but if, what if someone's emotional? Like, what yeah, if I just, I don't have Would time you... for that. Like, that's, I don't know what to do when people get emotional. Like, that's, that's outside of my wheelhouse. Like, I can come up with ideas to fix the problem, but I'm not the pat you on the back kind of guy. Like, they'll tell you. 
<laughs> Eat a tough oh cookie. My God, that's it's hilarious. It, it, <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, but that I go right funny. to work on how to fix it. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. So that's the trade-off. Yeah, he, he does. It, it just gets to the point where there's those times as I just get tired of typing it out. Like I just want to like vent it out and scream it from my lungs. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I was like, there are times when you do need like someone to hear you. You need to be heard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny though. So now you. I'm sorry, you know, probably stress. That's not funny. <laughs> just to be a ball breaker, I'm going to start FaceTime calling you now. Okay. Okay. I'm good with that, though, I think. Okay. Now, now you got to still remember that I'm in Arizona and you're in Pennsylvania, so... No, I know. Five o'clock in the morning for you. No, no, no. Two in the morning for me. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm good. Okay. Wow. All right. Look at that. We had Kristen moderate for us. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) It was like therapy. (laughs) Free therapy. (laughs) Speaking of therapy... uh, Rob Kardashian, when does his uh, therapy start? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, this really was an interesting thing. And it was an interesting thing on multiple levels. I mean, this – okay, first of all, being involved in Black China was messy to begin with. And any person with, like, even a small brain should know that he shouldn't have gotten involved with her in the first place. But he didn't listen. Um and remember, you have to go back and, like, look at this whole weird Kardashian relationship chart. His sister, or his half-sister, it doesn't matter, but Kylie was dating Tyga at the time. Tyga had had a baby with Black China, and now, basically, they're all tied together in some weird, icky way. You know what I mean? So Black China has a baby with Tyga, and Black China has a baby with Rob Kardashian. And then Tyga had dated his little uh, Rob Kardashian's little sister. So already messy, floppy. Um, and there's been back and forth. There's been infidelity nonstop on Black China's side. And it's one of those things, like it's such a toxic relationship. And I know that like Rob tried to make it work, but obviously he's had a lot of emotional issues going on over the last two to three years. Um, right. He's not equipped to handle any of this, any of this at all. And the meltdown that happened yesterday that started on Instagram and then Snapchat and then moved its way to Twitter was a disaster. Yeah, that was you know, epic. I'd seen, I'd seen people posting about it, and I just I was just like, oh, God, Rob Kardashian. Like, I, I didn't even want to go there until, like, earlier, like, I started going through to TMZ, and I started seeing what he was doing. I was like, oh, my Lord. Like, he really cracked. Yeah, he did. And, you know – I think it's just one of those things, like, his whole family has kind of, like, moved on. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, his yeah. sisters, they all have some sort of, they have businesses, they they're doing well. I know he has a stock line. I just feel like he just kind of got stuck in not knowing what to do and, and who to be and how to act. And um, he just kind of became, like, the lost child. Um, and then he's just been acting out in different weird ways. And then I think like he saw Black China who gave him some attention. And I think she was giving him some attention because of the whole Tyga issue. And then this made it even more messy. And it's just like this weird self-sabotage thing. It's a cycle with him. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And, you know, she don't make things any better. Like she comes right back at it with her own stuff. I'm just like, 
just no like coos to respect at all for her own self. Yeah, neither of them. I mean, they were both. They both have major issues. They both um, attack, and they attack publicly. Like, they're, you really shouldn't air your dirty laundry, and we've all seen it. We've all had that friend that had the meltdown on Facebook with their significant other, and you sit there and you go, oh, my God. You know, it's really awkward um, to just even read. And then when you see that person in person, you think, holy cow, the meltdown that you had. What's going on? Um, you know, I know it's a place to vent and I know it's probably a place to get some attention and to get some sympathy, but at the same time, you know, there's a reason for therapists. There's a reason to, you know, keep your business, your business. (laughs) And people have to remember, like, sometimes your boss can see the social media. Like you can try and make this as private as possible, but if your boss starts seeing these meltdowns, this isn't good. Yeah. I mean, if need be, like, if they're in the Philadelphia area, I can recommend a good therapist. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's I'm just always like, come on, you guys have so much money. You have, like, they're the type that have, like, the concierge-type level of insurance where the doctor comes to them because they're so rich. So I'm like, just have this, call the therapist. They'll be over probably in about an hour, and everything will be okay. Just stay away from your iPhone. <laughs> My question is, who the hell's Ferrari? Like, who is this guy now? I never heard of this guy. Where do these people come from? I, it's You know, it, it is. It's like all these people, like, come out of the blue. And it's like, if you're not following what's happening sort of in the hip-hop scene a lot, you have no idea. You know what I mean? Because the hip-hop right. scene is huge. It's huge. And this is why and a lot of this is just, like, kind of an aside, but people are always like, do you cover music? And I'm like, no, because music, it, you only can focus in on music. You can't be, like, a music-slash-TV-slash-film reporter. It's, there's no way. Because keeping up with all of these categories of music, especially hip-hop, which is amazing and huge and having, like, its moment right now, you have to be keeping up with all of these rappers, hip-hop artists, R&B artists, like, everything that's happening right now. It's huge. Yeah, it's it's a it's a circus. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is, and it's one of those things. Like, I don't ever wish to be a Kardashian. I don't ever feel envious of that family. I don't ever think, gosh, they're so lucky. They have a lot of money. That's the only thing that I see. I also see a lot of tragedy, and I see a lot of sadness there. And it's like nothing that I would ever want to be a part of. They're their own version of the Kennedys, honestly. Yeah, they're not in politics, but they're definitely like in entertainment. And it's, I mean, each person has been touched. Like you look at it, it's like Kim Kardashian. She's had what? She's on her third marriage. She had that horrible heist um, in Paris. Her husband had a mental breakdown. You go to Courtney. Courtney has three children with a very active alcoholic. <laughs> you know, um, right. Chloe. She was married to a drug addict who cheated on her. I. You look at the mom, Chris Jenner. I mean, she had her own infidelity issues. She married a man that was tra- and now a transgender woman. Like you just, I, I don't wish for any of this. This is so tragic to me. It's sad. Yeah, it, it, it I mean, at the like... same time, though, uh, there is a certain amount of universal responsibility that has to be had. I mean, they are a circus. You know what I mean? Like. We put Rob Kardashian and Black China in Ferraris in front of three million people to air out their dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's I, I I hate when people really like just drill into them as people because they're just like the rest of us. They're screwed up. You know what I mean? Like that we just happen yeah. to be pointing the camera at them. You know what I mean? So I, I don't and they're know. willing participants. They're willing participants Absolutely. in that. I would not be willing. I would not be willing <clears throat> to film my personal life at all, and leave it out there for judgment because it's like you know what? I'm a human being. I'm trying to figure it out day by day. I don't do it perfectly, and you know, good for them for wanting to do it. But I, I think that with all that money and fame, they've sold a part of their own like what their lives could have been. The, the, the ground, you know, being truly real and truly authentic, you lose some of that. Well, it is, and I think as, like, a responsible society, too, we have to look at the fact that we gave these sort of grown children keys to a kingdom. You know what I mean? Like, Rob's doing what he does because he he doesn't know any better. You know what I mean? Like, he never had someone to point him in the right direction. I could just imagine what life was like Kardashian. I just, I imagine he's got some deep therapy issues. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I forgot, I didn't even add in sort of like the whole O.J. Simpson thing that sort of divided their family. I mean, there's been, it's, a lot of this has been happening since they were young, then they lost their father. And I feel like he was like the real root of the family. He's the one that kept them grounded. And without him here, I think a lot, a lot of them sort of lost their focus, lost that guidance that he offered in their lives. And I think that um, at the time, you know, Caitlin, when she was Bruce, <laughs> offered that. But I think now that Caitlin is off on her own journey, um, that has changed things too for the family. I mean, it's almost like, um, and I, I've said this before when we've discussed the whole Caitlin Bruce thing. You put, uh, you know, losing their father uh, to cancer, which is a tough blow for anybody to lose a parent. But it's almost like they had to lose, like, they lost two fathers. Mm-hmm. I think that they did because I think Bruce stepped in as best he could. But I think when the whole transition happened, Caitlin feels like she's still a father figure, but at the same time, for the kids, I feel like for a lot of them, they don't feel like it's the same. And, uh, you know, their feelings are valid about that. I, I you know, I think Chloe, for one, and she, she's voiced it very well. She, she feels abandoned. She feels like sure. Bruce turned his back on her with this. And even though it's Caitlin's journey, I I understand like where Chloe is coming from in terms of that like emotional part of it because she was so young when she lost her dad and so Bruce was there the whole entire time. Which did you see? Um, there's that new Andy Cohen show where it's live, and um, I, I, it might have been this. It was probably last week. Um, it was one night I was getting up to bed and I it was on the channel I put on. And Kim Kardashian was his guest, and they do this thing, like I've caught it a couple of times where, you know, he asks you these questions, and you got to answer off the top of your head. And mm-hmm. it's like a total honesty type thing. And the question was, do you ever see Chris and Caitlin talking anytime mm-hmm. soon? And she couldn't yeah. have answered no any faster. <laughs> she said 1%, and she said the only reason is because of Kendall and Kylie. And so there are going to be situations in terms of, like, they get married, that type of thing. Or maybe right. one of them has a baby. There are going to be family interactions 
by default. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, things are going to be friendly and cordial, but they're going to be in the same room at the same time at some point. And, right. um, yeah, I mean, bridges have been burned over this, and it's, you know, it's so, it's so, I can't, I don't even want to judge it because it's, I don't walk that path. I don't, my father is not a transgender woman. I don't know, you know, I don't know what that's like, but I do understand how some of them feel like they've been abandoned. I do get it. And I'm sure that Kris Jenner feels like she was abandoned in her marriage, even though I find her difficult times to stomach. Um, to me, that sounds like a genuine human emotion of like, holy cow, wait, where did my husband go? Right. Well, and I think it's important to remember, like, all the things that we've mentioned that, that, that have been sort of trying and dramatic for this family, each one of them, there are endless volumes of books and movies and TV shows and plays. Each one of them as a, a traumatic event that sort of, you know, sparks all this dysfunction. And they, that's a lot of dysfunction on one family. You know what I mean? Like, they're not dealing with just one of them. We just named off, like, 12. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that's, you know, and some of it, I think some of it, the family brought upon themselves and other things just happened, you know. And um, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And you're dealing with it in the public eye as well. So that adds another layer to it all because that adds a lot of voices and opinions to what's going on. For sure, for sure. It's a shame. It really is. If you think about it, like how Nick just said to it, it really made me think. We think it's like not just one or one incident. It's like all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, think about it. Like I come from a long line of alcoholics, so you know my family has a history of that. That's something that I've always been very aware of. So, but you know, and I think of you know some of my family members that have gotten sober and what that journey's been like, and it's been a challenging one. So now you're adding several addicts to the family, and then you add divorce. Divorce is always hard. <laughs> Transgender, that's hard. Um, I've only seen documentaries of people, like, you know, and families having to deal with that. But you just – and then, uh, come on, that parasite, I still think. Like, people downplay that or they're like, she set it up. I'm like, come on. As a female, that is your biggest fear because she probably thought she was going to be raped and killed in that moment. Right. Like, I feel for her on that. Like, I, I'm surprised she doesn't have more PTSD. I'd be, like, not going out of the house for months. Yeah, right. Wow. Scary. really is. Mm-hmm. It is. Very sad. She it really is. It's the three S's. <laughs> <laughs> So what uh, what else is happening out there? I think the other really big story that's re- resonating here in Los Angeles especially is the whole Hawaii Five O issue with Daniel Day Kim and Grace Park exiting because CBS um, did not match their salaries um, to go along with the other leads, Alex O'Loughlin and Scott Kahn. So, and that has really, I think, drawn a lot of debate about especially Asian Americans and how much they're getting paid and um, they asked for equal pay. And I think what people also need to realize, they weren't just asking for equal pay. Scott Kahn and Alex O'Loughlin also get back end points. So they have a mm. very generous deal. Um, but Scott Kahn doesn't even do the full season. 
And so that you start digging in and start like realizing like Grace and um, Daniel have done more episodes than Scott Kahn has, who has this huge package. Um, and they are okay, but- featured in the pro- they're they're featured in the promos and they have this equal screen time. So you can say yeah, their characters are supporting, but their role has increased over the years. Let, let me ask you this: What's the most famous line from Hawaii Five-O? I don't even know because I don't watch the show. <laughs> book him, Dano. Hey, hey, what from the book him, Dano? That's right. He's Dano. You can't. I mean, I, I as an as an Asian American myself, my dad's Filipino. I, I I'm really mm-hmm. torn on this because McGarrett is the show. I strongly feel that. Often holds that show together. I mean, he has a presence that is undeniable, and and we already know that because he's been in movies and he's, he did a movie with J Lo and stuff. But you you also can argue that Grace Park was already famous when she signed on. That Daniel mm-hmm. Day Kim was already famous when he signed on. These weren't like nobody actors that were rising through the ranks and then wanted equal pay with the star. These are people that already had hit shows. I mean, Battlestar Galactica and Lost are two of the biggest shows of the last, you know, two decades. Correct. And then I go, how do you explain? Okay, I think Alex, okay, we're we're good. I think everyone's good with Alex. But then how do you explain, like, okay, Scotty Khan doesn't even have to do the full season right. but has the full boat salary back in points, and you can't give that to Grace and Daniel who are doing every, almost every single episode. Um, and I, I feel strongly about this too, because CBS made a very big deal at upfront that they were trying to work hard on diversity. And this was the door that opened to allow them to say, we're taking this seriously. We're doing this. And what's better to reward loyal actors who are willing to like stay with the show season eight. Cause you know, that actors like to, you know, exit after around six, seven, right. like I'm going to do movies or I'm going somewhere else. Um, to me, this was a way to be a game changer and to open those doors. And instead, they were like, well, we offered you a generous salary. Take it or leave it. And they left it. And to me, that shows you how strong that Daniel and Grace felt because to walk away from yeah. all of that money is a really big deal. And that was not an I, easy decision. So for me, I feel like CBS blew it. I, I think the big mistake that CBS made is as somebody who follows the show, too, I, there's a little bit of input there, but the way it ended this season, it would have been so easy to give the two of them who are related on the show a, a spinoff because it, they set it up perfectly. And how mm-hmm. awesome would it have been had, had they, you know, introduced this all-Asian cast of, you know, kick-ass crime fighters but they really missed out on an opportunity to do that, and I think it would have totally been a hit. Oh, I agree with you. The, you know, and the demographic is there on CBS. Like, they're already there. They already have the fan base. They would have people following them to the spinoff, um, and CBS knows how to do a good spinoff. We know that, and they know how to keep a show right. on the air over 10 seasons. And I just feel like not only did they miss the boat, they missed an opportunity, but they now are dealing with the PR blowback. It's a shame. Like, you it, should it have seen this coming. So good. Uh, wow. To me, I know you should have seen this coming a mile away. 
Absolutely. We had one of the other guys, Henry Ian Dale, who plays uh, her husband on the show, on our on the show, and uh, I'm just thinking of all the missed opportunities to. Uh, I mean, uh, there hasn't really been a kick-ass Asian team of badasses. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. these two were legitimate. I mean, they they held their own on the show, and oh man, that's just a shame. It it just. It, it, it's one of those questions where you have to sort of be like, why did this happen? Like, what, why? And the showrunner, and I get it, he's in that weird middle position of, like, you know, I have to sort of play ball with the network, um, but I don't want to see my actors go. He was like, well, you know, CBS did give him a generous package. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's probably yeah. best just to keep your mouth shut in this situation because – I'm telling you, you're going to get raked over the coals with any sort of public statement at that point. Yeah, I mean, just they'll be deeply missed. That's all I would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think people also need to realize, of course, they're already making great money, and they're going to, you know, and they were probably offered an extraordinary raise, but it's the principal, it's not the dollar amount that's going into the bank account. And I think that's oftentimes where we miss the mark. And if you look at what happened on Shameless, um, it kind of the opposite thing happened. There is kind of a standoff um, with um, she plays Fiona. Why can't I think of her name? Oh, Emmy Rossum. Emmy Emmy Rossum. Yes, Emmy Rossum. Thank you. And you know, she just said originally when I started, the big star was William H Macy. My role has increased. We are now moving into season eight, and I want equal pay to that of William H Macy. And she actually got more than that because her uh, she got some. Um, pay from other prior seasons they actually backdated her pay which is kind of incredible but William H. Macy like he was asked he had an opinion he was like absolutely you know she is like lifting a heavy load on the show even more so than I am she deserves the money and the fact that she like got the support and uh, that Showtime was like you know what we get it and they did the same thing it makes for a very different story right and it was totally true in that case, too, as well. I mean, she is the star of the show. I love Emmy Rossum in that show. I always, like, joke. We're always like, Fiona! Like, I love screaming <laughs> her name every time something goes wrong. I'm like, it's Fiona's fault. That's my joke. But I, I do think that the way Showtime handled it, I think that the way William H. Macy handled it, I feel even the way that Emmy Rossum handled it and just said, you know, this is what I deserve at this point. I didn't deserve it in season one. I deserve it in season eight. I think there is one point, though, that needs to be made there, is that when you draw a line in the sand, you have to be ready to accept the results. Because, I mean, two different results happened here, and, I mean, that's if you put it out there, you have to be willing to accept whatever, you know, happens because of it. 100%. You have to be able to make that decision and walk away. And gosh, that's a hard one. And I, I am sure that I like, bet. Daniel and Grace wake up every day going, did I make the right decision? Did I make, and I think time will tell. I think that they did make the right decision because I think that so many other doors are going to open up and we'll look back on this going, whoa. Um, no, because I Daniel think that their characters is, are going to be. Yeah. I was, I I just mean, was you gonna, put Daniel in a suit and he could be on any show on NBC. 100%. 100%. I mean, they're both, they're both good looking. They're both talented. Um, you know, I know he's doing a lot of work behind the scenes as well now, but 
the thing to me is like I even though I don't watch the show, I know the impact that they've made on the show and I will tell you it's going to affect what happens next season. It's going to affect ratings. Oh, definitely. I, I absolutely and they were a critical part of the storyline all season long. Yeah, and people are going to boycott it. There are going to be people that are like, I'm done. I'm good. Thanks. I think the one thing that the show has going for it at the end of the day, though, is Alex. Like, you, he smiles, and you just want to agree with him. I just, I don't know how else to say it. He's, you know what I mean? Like, he's the best TV leading man on out there right now, I think. He's just, he shines. Well, he's got the charisma that you need for the role. But what that does, though, that puts additional pressure on him to deliver. Yeah. And I think that that's not even fair either because he has these great characters around him with great storyline, and now it puts the pressure on him to deliver what three people were doing. I just really hope that they don't introduce new Asian characters as, like, replacement Asians. Yeah, that's happened on shows. You know that they always, like, or, like, on sitcoms, they used to introduce a new baby when the littlest one would grow up. And it never worked. And, you know, they go back to work this uh, next week. So um, (laughs) if they are, you know, they're scrambling big time. Because they said they, they left the door open as late as they possibly could in hopes that, a deal could be reached. Um, obviously, it wasn't, but yeah, it's like when you do, you're like, here, it's like we're just replacing one Asian with another. That's not that's not the answer either. That's the other thing. Yeah, you need no, to remember. that's you just not don't, the answer. <laughs> not the answer. It's not about like, oh, let's just bring in, <laughs> oh. you know, the is next one next. Is it wrong? I didn't even know that this show was still going. <laughs> I don't know. It's it not. They have a dedicated audience. Yeah, I don't hear nothing about it ever. Uh, You know what? I don't really hear much about CBS shows because I don't, that's not my demographic. It's a very (laughs) male centric, white, (laughs) like older crowd um, network. It really is. There's not a lot of shows on CBS that speak to me at all. and I can't even tell you, like, the last CBS show that I watched regularly. Um, but I can tell you, like, ABC shows, NBC, Fox, like, I've all watched shows on their network. Well, CBS shows, I mean, uh, NCIS is huge. I mean, it has mm-hmm. it has its own universe. And I, and I think Hawaii Five-0 exists in a small pocket of that universe and, and – uh, you're right. They have that very sort of. I like to think that if Walker Texas Ranger was on TV today, it would be on that channel. Hundred percent. Chuck Norris <laughs> would be right there. <laughs> um, uh, you know, funny. and CBS has come under a lot of fire because not there's not a single um, showrunner of color. And where you know everyone's looking at diversity, not only on screen but behind the camera they have a lot to catch up on and this is why they created like a whole new diversity group to sort of like take a look at their shows and how they can do better. And so they formed this group in May and then two months later, this comes down the pike and people are like, seriously. And they made such a big deal about it at upfront. So that's why I feel like this was a game changer to say, look at, we are serious about this 
And this is a show that's bringing in money. You know, this is a show that is long-term. This is not like a season one new show and there are, people are looking for a big payday. Like this, these are people that have worked hard in this industry. You should be paying them. I, I will say the exception on the CBS uh, rule here is Scorpion. Scorpion is a good show that has a very sort of diverse cast. I, um, I'm, da- I'm good with that one. The rest of them can go. <laughs> You're like, whatever. <laughs> uh, too funny. <laughs> Anything else going on or? Um, you know, the other big story that was a little crazy and just because I work for her network, Maria Menounos, um, has discovered that she had a brain tumor while her mother, um, Lisa has been, has stage four brain cancer. Of course, Maria's is benign and she's going to be okay, but, um, it has really changed. It's so interesting. It's really changed her focus and her outlook and what she wants to do and, you know, she left her job at E! News, and we have a big meeting coming up at, at, you know, I work for her network, After Buzz TV. We have a big meeting coming up just about, like, the overall look and focus of the network, which is tied to what Maria and her family have been going through. Interesting. Yeah, she's, like, mm-hmm. really, uh, she's another one. Go, 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 go. Yeah, she's been a workaholic. Um, Her mother, Lisa, who is amazing, she's a wonderful woman and has been around um, our After Buzz Network. Like, she used to just cook for us all the time, like, these delicious meals and, like, oh, my God, it was amazing. Um, She's really been going through it. I mean, a really tough cancer journey. And um, it's been like this for over a year. So I knew we, we haven't seen Maria around a lot, and that was completely understandable but to now none of us knew and so then here that there was a whole other layer of things going on um and her fiance kevin is usually around the network a lot too he kind of runs the more of the day-to-day than maria does because she had her e-news job but um i hadn't really seen him and i have a brand new show on the network and i just haven't been able to connect with him i'm working with um one of the executive producers of the network which is totally fine but i was like that's so interesting that you know i haven't seen kevin in a while and you know you come to find out the reason why and it's a much more important reason to be spending time with family of course so um just wishing them nothing but well because they are all just lovely people um who've done so much for so many others so just hoping, like, you know, her mom takes a, a better turn. Her mom's had a really tough time. That's a shame. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, sad. Yeah, but there's a really great feature, just letting everyone know. I don't know if everyone knows. Does everyone know that, like, People Magazine and Entertainment Weekly have their own network now? And you can no, you have, like, I... Apple TV, Roku. You oh, can wow. actually pull up. It's called The Pen Network, and they do these wonderful really wonderful behind the scenes, like in-depth looks at whatever the cover story is. Um, okay. So there's a really nice feature with Maria and Kevin and um, her family um, just kind of going through her whole brain tumor journey. Um, they did a great feature and I just kind of obsessed with it because I was living in New York at the time, but JFK Jr. and Carolyn DeSet Kennedy um, and their lives way back in the day. Cause I think a friend of theirs just wrote a book recently, but it was kind of okay. an interesting look back. But for you guys, especially where you, you like a lot of geek culture and things like that, um, Entertainment Weekly does some great in-depth stuff with all of that. Marvel and DC and even looking back at old shows and movies and doing reunions. 
Oh, cool. I, I got to tell you, though, and, and I hope I don't get anybody in trouble here or pissed off, but they have very biased writers at Entertainment Weekly. They're very sort of stick with one sort of viewpoint when it comes to certain movies and certain TV shows, and I don't like how it changes over the years. Like, it just, they irritate me a little bit, that's all. (laughs) That's fair. You have to agree. (laughs) I don't watch the Entertainment Weekly stuff that much. I watch more of the the People magazine because it's more steered towards what I what I cover and things like that. But I actually find I like the video features better than I like what's happening on their website because um, I find a lot of grammatical errors in the writing and it drives me bananas. <laughs> I think what it is, and, and maybe it's not just them, maybe it's sort of entertainment as a whole, but there used to be a time when I was a fan of the magazine and I would read and it was like you were reading and you were getting excited about what was to come. And then it turned into, like, the angry fanboy article where, like, everything sort of sucked and could be better, and I I don't know. It just – and it's not just them. A lot of these sort of um, entertainment outlets seem to be going sort of in a negative route or a it-could-be-better route. I'm going to tell you, there there is a – and this is a style thing, and it'll go away at some point. So um, when BuzzFeed came into play, and they changed the game of entertainment news, and one part of that is they started the listicle articles, which are like the top five like Disney films that you should see before the age of sixteen, or like the five you know top five Marvel films that you know made us really like want to go to the movies eighteen thousand times. Like they they created those type of um, listicles, and then so everyone started sure. doing listicles like top five, top ten, top twenty, whatever. And then BuzzFeed decided, oh god, everyone's doing it. So then they started doing opinion articles, where just it's for, first person essay, essentially like this is what I think on, or like why I think Robert Downey Jr. should never do another, you know, Iron Man again, like that type of thing. Right. And that became the new trend, and that is what everyone else is chasing. And so when BuzzFeed chases, creates a new trend, we will all be doing something different. I, I really so hope it, so because that's oh, it'll so happen. annoying. <laughs> yeah, I just, it'll be I, happening, though, even, I promise you. Even the lists got negative, though. Cause, you know, five years ago it would have been, like, the top ten coolest things about Wonder Woman, and now it's, like, ten reasons why Gal Gadot sucks. <laughs> like, I, it's yes. just, yeah. And that is also, and I will say this, um, so the the 2016, and I, I don't want to make this political, but it is based on politics, the 2016 political uh, presidential campaign, which was super negative on both sides, everyone across the board changed the face of news as well. And it has given everyone license and freedom to throw so much mud um, in articles, yeah. on TV, on social media, and it's continuing. And I've got to tell you, I just, like, there's certain days I'm like, I can't. I, and it, it's not, I'm not saying it's one person. It, I'm saying it's coming from all sides. And that is another thing that has bled into entertainment news, 100%. Yeah, I can't wait for the trend to change. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I agree with you. Because I, I find it emotionally exhausting. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not even like, go, like even yesterday when the Rob Kardashian thing was trending, I literally got on 
Twitter. I was like, opens laptop, sees Rob Kardashian in China trending, closes laptop. And I was like, had little penguins <laughs> in a gif, like, run away. Like, I just was like, I can't. I can't read it. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's just like everything's a dumpster fire. Everything's a dumpster fire. That's what it is. That's so great. It is, and everyone wants to watch the fire, and nobody wants to put it out. No, I'm done with dumpster fires. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> can't do it. It's so crazy. It's just, like, nuts. And, you know, it's so funny. A friend of mine was away for um, eight months and um, just kind of came back to the back to L.A., and I was like, oh, my God, you've been gone eight months, and you've missed all of this and this and this and this. <laughs> I'm like, welcome to the dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of crazy. So crazy. crazy. Yeah. Before we we let you go, there was a story that, um, you know, it's a huge thing every year, and I couldn't believe they actually picked it up on TMZ. And after I read it, I'm kind of glad they did. Uh, You know, the the annual hot dog eating contest, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest each year. Yeah, Joey Chestnut. Did you read that? Seventy-two hot dogs he ate. He gained just from the competition twenty-three pounds. That's that's insane. (laughs) He said it was from. uh, They broke it down. I think it was uh, eight pounds of water, fifteen pounds of hot dogs. That can't be good for your system. <laughs> oh, do we lose Kristen? Oh, wait a minute. Hello. Hi. Yeah. There you go. Hi. Yes, I just was saying. And then on TMZ, like the next day, they talked about the bathroom issues you have after putting in like on twenty three pounds in like a few hours. Or a few yeah. Minutes. Yeah, and he <laughs> said like. Yeah, they were talking about it, and I was like, that is the grossest thing. Like, I can't even. And he says it takes, like, he takes, like, 48 hours to get everything out. (laughs) To me, it's like, is it worth it? Because you are putting your body through extreme. Like, I'm like, you get meat sweats, like, the next day. (laughs) Yeah, it can't be good. Like, that can't be good at all in any way. Yeah. No, it it doesn't appeal to me. Do you watch it too? Like when you watch it, they dunk the uh, hot dogs um, into water. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing worse than like a soggy hot dog roll. Oh, yeah. I agree. It's That's not, so gross. It is. It's not appealing no. at all. It hurts my yeah. It just hurts my tummy to watch. Like I st- like I think I stopped watching a few years ago because it's been so extreme. You know, because they had like the Japanese guy that would come in and like he was like a competitive eater. There was like that whole competitive eating like hot streak for a while, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't watch. I'll tell you what he, um, uh, Kobayashi, you're talking about when he was coming through. Yes. Uh, he came. He did an event here in Philly, and it was actually, it was exactly right when I started Totally Driven, and uh, it was like uh, I'd have to pull it up, but I had the video. I, I shot video of it, and I put it up on YouTube. <laughs> I got contacted by ESPN. They used the, the footage. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, craziness. But it was just to watch him eat, it was kind of disgusting. It really was. Yeah, he was a machine, too, and he was a tiny man, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Very, very tiny. Very tiny. Yeah, amazing. 
craziness. Well, what do you uh, what do you have going on this week? Um, it is Emmy nomination week, you guys, and you know what? It's on Ooh. next. It's Thursday morning, so we'll be able to talk about it next Thursday Ooh. evening. Yeah, so um, I'll be up bright and early, um, July thirteenth, and I this is going to be a competitive year, and I think it's the year for females because we've had great shows like Feud. You have um, Handmaid's Tale. You know, you always have like the American Horror Story always like plays in heavily. I just think that there's going to be a lot of contenders, and we're going to wind up with a lot of people left off the list just because there was no room. Interesting. Ooh, I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. And, and, you, and you're saying the year female. Honestly, I think uh, females are taking over everywhere. And that whether it's in TV and movies, whether it's in music, whether it's in professional wrestling, I, I think the women, uh, their time is now, and they're really just dominating everywhere. I think so, too. And I, I've got to tell you, like, for on well, especially I'll talk about entertainment Hollywood, which genuinely votes Democratic. I think that the results of the November election actually kicked people in the butt and was like, you know what, it's time. Like let's we've been complacent enough. We're just going to do this. And and you know it, it was already rolling because you know you see Wonder Woman and stuff like that. That was already planning years and years ago. But it's one of those things like you just start to feel like you feel the power coming and you just it just feels a little bit different um and you know i think that that's great it's something it finally inspires people to get off their butts and create and um do what they we should have been doing a long time ago i think that that's awesome so absolutely Mm -hmm. cool well have a good week uh hopefully everything goes good with uh after buzz tv and maria over there and um, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm looking forward to just hearing what their new mission is. I think that they just have like, um, a, just want a real positive outlook. And I think that that is a reflection of going through something life changing. And I'll share with you guys what it is. Cause I know she's always been very inspirational. So I think that this is going to take it to the next level. You know, and, uh, I'm glad you said that because, um, <laughs> hearing her interviews, like when she would be on Howard Stern and all and hearing all that mm-hmm. she does and she's into and, on top of it, she's got just such a fun and great personality, and she is mm-hmm. truly an inspirational person. And I'll let you know, she's very generous. Like, she throws parties for us at her house, not even, like, at a restaurant or something like that. Like, she invites all of us over to her house, swim in her pool, come to the Christmas party. I've gone to her birthday party. You know what? Oh, wow. A lot of people don't do that, and they don't have to do that. Um, sure. And it's a lot to just say this is where I live come on over that kind of thing so um, I appreciate that for sure I appreciate that generous spirit absolutely cool all right well uh, ha- have fun and well wishes and uh, can't wait to talk next week big some big right, news sounds uh, good. Yeah, absolutely. we'll have lots of good scoop okay cool all right talk to you next week Bye-bye. thanks Kristen all right, well, there she goes, Kristen Burt. Check her out. Follow her everywhere. Like her, love her, follow her. She's on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Snapchat, K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-B-U-R-T-T. It's K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-B-U-R-T-T. And uh, all right, we, I, I think this is her. Let's take a shot in the dark and see. Is this uh, the one, and, and I truly mean the one and only, Krigara? 
Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it is, it is, it is. How are you, my dear? I'm doing so good. How are you? Um, okay. <laughs> After a stressful week, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, off the bat, and and this is going to be my uh, my thing uh, for tonight, as I talk to all three of the girls that were supposed to be on the show tomorrow night. Uh, thank you, thank you for putting up all the the craziness and wackiness, and I I don't even know how to explain it, but thank you for putting up with it. Oh, dude, it wasn't even your fault at all. So you don't need to stress or worry or feel bad. It was completely out of your hands. And, you know, the music industry and venues can be weird like that. So it's no worries whatsoever. (laughs) And that's what I was telling Nick earlier. Like, it got to the point, like, on Saturday, there was just so much going on. Like, I'm like, I have to write this down because I I don't think this is going to end good. And people aren't going to believe everything that's going on. And the story just kept growing. So, <laughs> oh, it's craziness. But you, uh, you've been very busy. I see. I have been, dude. It's like literally, I just stepped away from mixing tracks and everything for our show so this coming weekend, just to like come and call you, and then I'll go straight back to work. And we leave at like six forty in the morning, but I have no idea when I'll go to sleep. So yes, it's been very busy. <laughs> I sleep while you know you're not driving, are you? Somebody else driving? Someone else is driving, so thankfully I can always sleep in any kind of a moving vehicle. I'll be set. There you go. Very good. (laughs) Yeah, because you're (laughs) playing now. You're playing a mute. Is it? I was trying to like figure it out. It's almost like a like an arts festival, like music and art. It seems like. Yeah, kind of. So it's Shawnee River Fest. Um, It's their. mm, I don't know Roman numerals very well, but I think it's their sixth year. Um, whatever VI is, I think that's six. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's basically like kind of a, a hodgepodge of, you know, there's Broadway performances and there's dancing performances and there's musicians and it's just like supposed to be a really great family friendly weekend with food trucks and just it's great because you get a, a weekend in the summer for everybody to come together and have entertainment and just have fun. It, it sounds like such a great time. You should drive up and come say hi. I, I'll tell you what, and here's the thing, um, which I, I was going to say this for later in the interview, but I guess we can do this now. Um, you know, I, I had the whole health thing earlier this year, which I discussed with yeah. you, um, and it turned out to be this sarcoidosis, which I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like, that doesn't sound so bad. It's right. it's horrible. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, no. And it's uncurable. And Dude. It, yeah, and it's like uh, basically it's a, an infection of my lungs and my lymph nodes and all. So when it's very hot out or it's humid, especially, like yeah. forget it. Like I, I can't go outside anymore. Like because I just can't breathe. I, I just. Hey, I'm so sorry. It's it's <laughs> it's brutal. Um, oh. So now. It's like, do I, I have to, like, wait and see what the weather is? Like, can, will I be able to stand it, or will I, yeah, be there with an right. inhaler the whole time? And, yeah. But, yeah. Man. Uh, totally. The, 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 the plan right now is to, like, my, even my wife, she's like, we're going to go, right? Like, we, we need to just, like, go take a ride and just clear our heads <laughs> and just, like, go and enjoy it. I'm like, 
as long as it's a cool day, like I'm there. So, uh, <laughs> man, I'm so sorry to hear that. But I mean, we're talking like plans while on the radio. But like, if you want to grab dinner or something and not be outside, I still want to meet you at some point. So Ooh, we should okay. email back and forth and just like meet up somehow. Absolutely. Now, how how is your health? Like uh, everything's been very good. I'm I'm assuming because you've been working your ass off over there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, you go through ups and downs for sure, just because the body changes all the time. But as of right now, I'm doing pretty good and just trying to learn how to balance all of it. You know, life after crazy health stuff really sucks sometimes (laughs) just because like your body will never, ever be the same again. And so you have to learn what your new normal is and you have to change your habits and you have to just be very mindful and um, it's, it's a beast in and of itself, but it's, it can definitely be really hard for me to not get completely and totally overwhelmed by it. Um, but you know, I've always been strong. I've always been a fighter. So I just, you know, go forward with it and go, what the heck? It doesn't control me. I control my body and we'll work it out eventually. That's, that's such an awesome, um, way to think. Cause when you said control, like, it's funny because my uncle, who was a, uh, he was, he became like in, in uh, later years before he passed away a couple of years ago, more like truly my second father. Like he really stepped mm-hmm. up and he, he was my godfather and he really stepped up to that role yeah. in his last years. And that was one thing he always said to me. He was like, um, control. You have control over your body. You have control over the outcome mm-hmm. of things in your life, but you have to mm-hmm. maintain control. You can't give up the control that you actually possess. Absolutely. I mean, if I can give you any encouragement whatsoever, it it applies to cancer and it applies to anything else is everybody will tell you like your mind will control what your body does. So if in your mind you're feeling defeated and you feel like this is never going to get better and this is just how it is, then, you know, your body's going to listen to your mind. If your mind is, no, I'm not going to take this for an answer and we're going to find something and my body's going to get into alignment, like it makes a huge difference. Doesn't mean that it's easy to do all the time, but it's all about mentally where you're at because that controls how your body decides to heal or how it decides to respond to things. So if any encouragement at all, just, tell that stupid infection to suck it and like (laughs) you are in control of it so it's I mean it sucks and it's difficult but it's at least you know something to do whenever you feel like you can't do anything at all totally now now when you think of those like inspirational things that you were just saying there like do you start jotting them down and like all right I'm gonna make that for a (laughs) t-shirt perfect (laughs) I mean, because I see you've been, like, printing them T-shirts up like crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's been, like, taking over my entire world. But it's kind of awesome because, you know, we we did a shirt previously before the big name change, which, by the way, don't buy a big order of T-shirts if you're going to change your name in the next year. (laughs) Because I didn't plan that out very well. But I didn't know that was going to happen. But anyway, we we ordered out um, to a merchandising company who's actually a really great friend of mine. Um, and it, they turned out incredible and they're great and, um, we still sell them at our shows, but it's been kind of a cool process of like knowing that my fans are getting something that is completely made by me. Like I 
spray paint every single shirt and spend like a minimum of 30 minutes on each shirt and make sure that they're right. And then I've been making these bracelets, um, that like say warrior on them and I stamp each one and I make the entire bracelet and like, it's just a different feeling of like, Hey, they're actually like getting a piece of something that I create, something that I put passion into outside of music, something that they can wear every day or look at every day. That is actually a part of me. Yeah, and I mean that's—it's uh, just so personal, and and that's something I love with today's music too. Like, uh, you can get on such a personal level with uh, artists nowadays through, you know, exactly to social media and things like that. But right. I mean, you're taking an even step further, where you're you're like hand making the merchandise too, your own personal touch. Yeah, yeah. Ask me in a month if it was a smart idea or not. Whenever I am making them at all times, but as of right now, it's it truly is like an, a joy for me to be able to make each one of these shirts and to like be able to share that with people. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, um, the last time we talked, we, we you had the, the big debut of a uh, video and song, which uh, Nick ended up making his own version of. Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> which uh, I, I, I'm sure Nick is dying to hear you say your thoughts on it. <laughs> oh, I think, didn't I like send him a long email and I was like, dude, this is the most epic, amazing thing I think anyone ever has done to one of my songs. Like that was the coolest thing ever. And that's like exactly the response that I wanted from that song in particular. So it just was like completely made my week seeing him actually go through what he said on that <laughs> Nikki, there. Yeah, yeah man, that's awesome. That's, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of fun to make too. So it was, you know. I'll, I'll tell you what. Like when he started making it, like it, it was like all of a sudden it hit him. He's like, "I'm going to do it. I'm, I, I'm just going to do it." And it was like <laughs> it took you like a couple of days, like to really learn how to piece all the stuff together and get the clips and all and. Okay. Yeah, he, he was so excited. I learned that video editing, I'll do it. Like <laughs> That's amazing. You were truly committed to that, so props to you, because it turned out fantastic. That's awesome. Really, that is so awesome. It really is a tribute to how much I love the song, though, because, I mean, not a week goes by that I don't listen to it on the Facebook page. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That truly means so much. It, it was. It, uh, I, I think you you probably didn't hear, but about three weeks ago, me and Bay were talking too about the. I think it's the Heights lyric video. Uh huh. Absolutely brilliant. Just the entire concept of it and the way it ends. It's perfect. Oh, thank you. That seriously, like we were gonna release. Heights like a week before I came up with that idea and no joke we just like stuck up this black curtain upstairs in our guest room I did my hair that way I'm like wearing shorts underneath it because you just don't see the lower half of my body and we it's one whole take and I got it done in like a week and like the response from it is exactly what you just did like I can't believe that something so simple got such a great response out of it but I guess that's kind of like the beginning of Heights is like that. Like it's, there's no chords in it for the first verse. So I love that people are like loving that simplicity. It, it is. And the way that it's, 
it, the way that it was created is very reminiscent of sort of the epic sort of 90s and 2000 music videos to where, yeah. I mean, it was a lyric video, but it wasn't. Like, that. that as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, that's the official video. That's, it, it can't get better than that. Oh, thank you. So that means that Nick wasn't even going to attempt that one. No, apparently that was enough. <laughs> no, you know, I thought of I thought of a lot of different angles to approach it from, and I just couldn't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually gonna we're working on another lyric video right now, kind of similar to the same concept of the heights one, um, but for sleeping awake. So I'll keep you updated on it. I'll send it to you first so that I can get your approval. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we get into Sleeping Awake, you actually um, you released a, a cover of America the Beautiful the other day. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That, like, that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if you watch Man in the High Castle. It's like the Amazon series. Have you ever heard of it or seen it? Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Mixed so, <laughs> so it's an incredible series, and it's, you know, painting this, like, crazy picture of what if – Germany won World War II, and, like, it's just so cool. But the intro song to that is the um, – it's, like, a really interesting cover of a German song. And my dad is, like, a huge fan of that show, and he's like, oh, my gosh, you need to do something like that, but it needs to be, like, for America. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And so I was listening to America the Beautiful, and I was like, oh, what if we threw it in the minor key and, like, made it – really haunting and cinematic and so I called my friends up who are in this band called Jane Black and they're like just really great friends of mine and I was like hey do you want to attempt to do this like dark cinematic cover of America the Beautiful and just kind of left it at that and like yeah absolutely and we tried to schedule things for like a month or so and um, it wasn't working out and then finally we scheduled a time and I get there and I'm not even sure if we're like working on that cover anymore or if we're writing or like what's happening and they played me the track to it, and I think my jaw, like, fell to the ground because it really, like, wasn't much different from what you hear right now, and it just was totally inspiring to me, and um, I was so glad that we were able to get it in time um, to release for 4th of July, and, you know, people are listening to it on a national holiday, which is crazy, and it was such a cool experience and probably, like, one of my favorite things that I've worked on. You know, you, you said the magic word in there, and Nick, how how many times have we said the word to some lady that we've interviewed, cinematic, cinematic Absolutely. pop? Ever since you, now we, we try to tell everybody, and we refer to you, every, we're like, you know, Krigar, she's like got this new halting cinematic pop standard, like, or like you gotta hear it. We can't even describe it, and we're just telling right. them like you gotta be more like that. You gotta be more like Krigara. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that led to uh, now you have this new song. Like you said, "Sleeping Awake," which there's no lyric video out. There's no nothing out. So um, mm-mm. When uh, when do you think you're going to be popping that out? I mean, because you're and this I think too. Like, not only are you the one who's making all these shirts handmade, you do all the video editing and all yourself too. I do. Oh my gosh, I think I like wear twenty different hats at this point. But you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and it is what makes you go. Okay, if I can't afford this, then I'm going to learn how to do it myself. Which 
it's like I just love doing anything creative and so it's a huge learning curve because obviously I a few years ago had no idea what video editing was and then now I'm doing it myself and I just like did this upgrade package to some crazy special effects company and like it's starting to get better as I'm learning more and so yeah we're working on a lyric video I have like I posted these little teasers on Instagram of these smoke bombs so that already gives an idea of kind of like what it's going to be looking like it's going to be very colorful um, but there's going to be good contrast to it but basically I just need to get back off the road get back home and then we're going to probably film it when I get back and hopefully release it maybe by the end of the month oh cool very cool now, let, let me ask you a, a question here, and this is just out of my own curiosity, and just because I want to be a, a pain in the ass to Nick, do you like to, like, talk <laughs> on the phone outside of doing interviews? You know, I don't, actually. I'm really talkative, but whenever I'm with you guys, I can talk for hours, but it's like talking on the phone with somebody else, it's... I'll do it. I'm not like one of those people who totally avoids it. Like my brother will avoid it at all costs, but definitely I'm like, if I can just like text it to you or email it to you, it's just a lot faster. <laughs> is your brother's name Nick as well by chance? <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> wow. I, I, I guess I'm really becoming in the minority here. Uh, okay. You are. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, Nick has this, like, strict rule that he's really sticking to that um, – uh, go ahead, Nick. I'll let you say your, it's, it's your rule, so I'll let you say it. I just – I don't answer voice calls anymore. That's just – there's enough ways for us to communicate otherwise. <laughs> I haven't answered one in all of 2017. <laughs> that is incredible. I don't know how you get away with it, but it is pretty incredible. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, Sleeping Awake. Now, what is this song actually about? So, oddly enough, Sleeping Awake being my third single was the first song that I wrote that launched me into wanting to change my name and my image and everything. So, this was the thing that changed everything for me. Um, and I wrote it, like, almost a year and a half ago at this point. And wow. I was still, like... I thought that I had already written kind of like the majority of my emotions about my cancer process um, already. And then I was sitting with my friends, Lisa and Brian, and Brian was like, I want to write a really angry song. And Lisa and I were like, we want to write a really dark and scary song. And so it just kind of like turned into this weird mush. And basically what it's talking about (laughs) is – I think you've heard me talk about before that whenever I went through cancer, I just kind of shut off all my emotions and just like went totally numb to get my way through it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what the song is about. Like the title being sleeping awake, even though it's only mentioned one time in the song, I I chose that title because I felt like it wrapped everything together. Uh, When you feel numb or even depressed or just that state of like not being present anymore, you feel like you're sleeping awake. Like your mind is gone, your emotions are gone, but you're still walking around. You're still functioning. You're still, you know, doing things, but you're just not really there. And the song itself, like some could consider it to be busy or some could could consider it to be chaotic. And that's actually kind of the point is, on the outside, it looks like you're a zombie. Like you're, you look like you're just not mentally there. On the mm-hmm. inside, when you're dealing with numbness, you feel chaotic and crazy. 
just because there's so much that you're internalizing and you're not letting it out and you're not letting yourself let it out. And that's kind of just like, the song is really dark. Like the first line of it is roses aren't red when they're cutting your skin. And it talks about in a watercolor bleeding out. Like it's really visually interesting compared to some of my other songs. But it was just to try and give that intense emotion of what numbness and depression can really do to you. But then in the bridge, it kind of starts to turn it around of saying, you know, finally found a place to hide and let out what I feel tangled up in something that I wish it wasn't real. And it's starting to get out of that slowly. Um, that was a very long answer to your question, but <laughs> that's kind of what it was it's about. Great it was a great answer. But the, the, the follow-up <laughs> question I have to ask is, why didn't you release this one first? Why, why did you wait on that? That's a really good question. I think um, we, I think the way that I like to release music is I like for it to build, um, especially it's like when you do an album, I want it to feel like it progresses. And I think I want it to be very strategic with what songs I released in what order being the fact that I started from the ground up again. And with Falling Apart, it just felt like a good teaser like it kind of gets really big at the end but it never fully like blows up in your face and Mm -hmm. then you have height which starts to blow up in your face (laughs) like it totally hits that climactic drop hit kind of like crazy cinematic thing and then this one is just continuing to build off of that so it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger um so I feel like it just felt good to release it as a third because it just continually is progressing in a certain order and um, it just seemed like it fit the best. Nice. Well, let's not wait any longer. Let's let's get this out there. Let's share it with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. So let's get let's get the plugs out too first. Uh, so this weekend you're going to be at the Shawnee Music Festival, and that's in uh, what's uh, is it Shawnee, Pennsylvania, or? Delaware Water Gap. Delaware Water Gap, PA. Mm-hmm. So just uh, actually, I, I found it by Googling Shawnee Music Festival. There you go. It works. And where can everybody find you? Because you are a busy bee all over the world of social media. And where can they get these amazing songs? <laughs> you can find them on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All the things, just all under Kragara or Kragara Music. Boom. There you go. Well, thank you very much for everything as always. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to get my uh, myself up there on uh, on Sunday. I will, uh, I, I will be there. <laughs> I would love to see you there. Absolutely. And uh, have a safe ride up. And, uh, yeah, we'll hook up on Sunday now. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Take care. Yeah. Alright, there she goes. The one and only Krigara. Check her out. Look for Krigara or Krigara music. Here's the song that she was just talking about. It's called Sleeping Awake. Where I begin 
she goes, Kriegara with Sleep and Awake. And actually, you know, Nick, I was just thinking to myself, I, I guess we could truly like nickname her like the princess of cinematic pop. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. So many good ideas. I I need to be on the team, Bay. <laughs> you need to be out here so you can go with me on Sunday. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh man, I have so many ideas of regarding that phone. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean a video? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, and this freaking cough is brutal. Does that mean uh, the video editing skills will uh, be back in action this week? You know, I don't, I don't know because the the idea I have is sort of like it does. It's not necessarily something that you would make like a video for. It's it's tough to explain. I'll explain to you off the air. <laughs> you'll you'll explain to me in instant messenger, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, so all right. So let's uh, let's keep the show moving. We have our next guest waiting patiently. Let's welcome her to the show, the one and only Miss Stephanie Johnson. How are you doing, Stephanie? Hey guys, I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing good. I, considering all things, I'm I am doing good. <laughs> and uh, my apologies to you and the crew over there as well for the uh, the circus of the last seven days. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I don't even that's know. That's all right. I know it's I it's no fault of yours. Sometimes things just happen. They're out of my <sighs> control. Yeah. Oh, they happened all right, believe me. They happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all so, right. Hopefully another show in the future. Absolutely. So so you uh you went to Nashville recently? I did. I actually um went in Nashville a few weeks ago, or was has been a month already. Um, wow. And it was most, mostly just, you know, for pleasure just to, to listen to music and um, songwriters, which, which was awesome. And I also got to meet um, a lady that does a lot of uh, in Nashville. So it was a great trip. It was just an amazing, amazing city filled with so many talented musicians and singers and songwriters. It's just there's no other place quite like it. <laughs> now, I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, like that was that's not your first trip to Nashville. You were actually there before, right? Yes, I was there twice before. Um, once I'd actually gone down to you know try to to get a record deal and get my music heard. Um, I did a showcase at a place called Twelfth and Porter. Um, and then I had gone back down again just for fun. And then this would be my third time. So yeah, I love Nashville. And now I, I I don't understand because, uh, if they've heard your album, which I, I, if they haven't, like they need to like wake up because you're putting out hits like you, like we talked about this, we had you on the last time the show with the you put out mm-hmm. the single in the video for the song Word Man, and I still almost every day I pop that tune on as I'm sitting there and working as I'm going through like stuff on YouTube. I always I, I just love that song, and, and now you put yeah. out this new one, and it's just like, right, she did it again, another hit, <laughs> she just dumped them out over there. 
Well, thank you. I mean, you know, it, I think I think we talked about this last time. It's just it's such a you know different style of music. I mean, it, it's kind of there's there's so much going on in there. You got some pop and you got some country and you got some rock and you know I think that there's just so much crossover going on and and I love it and I wouldn't change anything about it. But I think. I think a lot of stations are just having a hard time figuring out if it fits for them because, you know, right. it might be a little bit too much for, you know, if it's a pop station, it's like, oh, well, this is a little too country or this is a little too, you know, um, you know, it's got too much going on there that's not quite right for our station. But then, you know, I kind of get the same thing for country stations. It's like, well, it's not quite country enough. So, you know, I've gotten such positive feedback from a lot of people, you know, in the industry. And actually, um, the lady that's been doing my radio promotion, she believes in, in Word Man so much. And that's the song she's been trying to push to country radio. And um, she said, you know, it's just crazy because it's so hard for a breakout artist. But then, you know, you put that song and it's cut by Miranda Lambert. And it's like an instant hit. But it's just right. it's so hard to, you know, to for me being a completely unknown artist to kind of get it, you know, out there and, and in the ears of these people that could really see it being that big of a hit. So, you know, I just keep trying. I just keep pushing. <laughs> just get get my music out there as much as I possibly can. Um, and um, I just I try not to get discouraged and I just keep doing my thing because that's, you know, that's true to me this this is like my style and my creation and, and I love it and I'm proud of it so I don't want to change anything that I'm doing to you know try to help me get somewhere if I if I end up making it I want it to be you know authentic I want to be you know sure I am. you know it's funny too because like even like when I was working on promoting the show and I would say to people I mean, because my, my background is hard rock and metal and stuff like that. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to, like, tell people about the show, and they're looking at me. As soon as I would start to, like, say, you know, there's there's a bit of country in it, they, like, tilt their head at me like a lost puppy. And I'm like, no, like, you got to hear it. Like, it's not – it's country, but it's not country. I'm like, it's like a rock and roll country. I'm like, you, if you give it a chance, you're going to like it. Just please listen to it and trust me on it. And they just look at me like mm-hmm. I'm nuts. I'm like, no, you, you're going <laughs> to like it. Like I'm telling you, and and even like my wife, who my wife is very open to all the different music, especially um, more than me. Um, even when I was telling her, and then one day I just popped it on, and she was like sitting on one end of the couch, and I'm sitting on the other, and I just popped it on, and she starts getting into it. She goes, "Who's that?" And I tell her, she's like, "All right, all right, you got me. All right, it's good." <laughs> I'm like, "See, I told you." <laughs> I mean, I don't know. produce the album so much of his influence because Brian is actually like you know he's been in in rock bands his whole life so that's really more of his background and you know it's right. just something we came up with when we were collaborating both of our styles you kind know, of putting our ideas together so I mean even for him to you know like he he listens to he does so much listening to like hear like what's on the radio now and what's current. And he takes like some pieces from this and some pieces from that genre. And, you know, he kind of puts the best bits together, I guess. And 
I don't know. I just I think it I think it's cool because you know you don't exactly know even when you start listening to a song what direction it's going to take from you know the start to the right. beginning. Especially Word Man. I mean, Word Man, you you play and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a country song, and then by the end of right. it, you're just like, holy crap, what just happened? <laughs> uh, In a good way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <Hopefully. laughs> now the new uh, the new song, oh no, you put the released the video about two weeks ago, was it? Yes. Yep, the video's and doing that- pretty well. It's- I think it's over 2,000 views in, you know, a pretty short period of time. So that's good for me. Um, I'm trying to get it out there as much as I possibly can to reach as many people with the song. But, um, yeah, it was it was an awesome experience, and I'm just trying to push it so uh, as many people can see. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that one has almost a, a half the amount of videos of, uh, of Wordman or, or views Wordman already. Yeah, I think that probably has to do with the fact that I got some pretty amazing musicians uh, in that video with me. So they've been um, they've been sharing it, and they have a good following. So I'm sure that probably helps. Um, and I've also been, you know, trying to promote it as much as I can on my social media sites as well. But yeah, I mean, so nice. far so good. Yeah, and this one's actually a little more harder uh, a harder rock edge to it, I think. Yeah, this song is definitely the hardest song I know. I mean, that's the hardest song that I have. Um, so, I mean, it's it's definitely got some, some passion behind it, but um, I just love it. Like, it's so fun to perform live, too, because I feel like this alter ego in me, like, comes out. And I'm, like, a very easygoing, like, nice, friendly person. But, man, when this song comes on, I'm just like... I flip a switch and I get really into it and it's just super fun to kind of, you know, dive into the, to the angry girl song. <laughs> <laughs> the angry girl song. That's funny. Now, do you think you would see yourself maybe going more angry girl, girl song uh, style in the future? Um, it's funny because lately as I've been writing more, I, I'm actually kind of, Going a little bit back to my roots when I first started um, writing, which was, you know, mostly like just 100% country. So it's kind of like, I I don't know why, but this style in my head, I kind of just have this Mumford and Sons like melodies and beats in my head. Mm. Like I wrote that song and I was really, really, really angry. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't want a whole album of just being really, really angry. Um, yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. A lot of what I write is, you know, inspired from what I feel. But I guess lately I've just been feeling kind of like, I don't know, chill. Just real chill. Well, I'll tell you what. If you were in my shoes this past uh, week, you had been writing a lot of Angry Girl music. Oh my gosh, I can only <laughs> imagine. <laughs> uh, so now I saw you were playing um, uh, Music Fest next month up in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I am. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, um, I am playing. I think it's the first Saturday. It's August fifth, um, and I'm playing at the main stage. I'm doing two two oh, sets nice. from. 
Yeah, 12 um, to 1, and then 1.30 to 2.30. And it'll be mostly original songs. We'll do, you know, a few cover songs. But I am super, super excited for that. This is my first year um, that I will be playing there. So I can't wait. You know, that's like a festival, like, I've seen every year, like, on Channel 6 News. Like, they show you the highlights Mm -hmm. from it constantly. And you're like, oh, my God, like, all these amazing artists are there. And leading up to it, like, I never hear about it until I see it on the news. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much promoting they do beforehand. But, yeah, I I always, you know, if if I'm home and I flip on the news, I see it, too. I always, like, see the the polka. (laughs) (laughs) The polka. (laughs) But it, it, it's an amazing thing to be part of. So, I mean, that's got to be awesome for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, thank you. I am. I'm, I'm very honored to be uh, to be playing there. I've been looking forward to it. Um, so I think it's going to be great. I love that it's during the day. And, you know, we're going to be um, – we have a good, you know, time slot. So I think it's just going to be perfect as long as it, you know, doesn't rain or it's not – too ridiculously hot. <laughs> I think yeah, good. yeah, very, very cool. So, and then you're playing also next next Friday night. I am. Yeah, next Friday I'm doing an acoustic show at Bell Hall in Allentown, and that's um, very close to the PPL Center for anybody that's familiar with Allentown. And it's just from eight to ten. Um, and Bell Hall is a really cool place. They have you know, an outside um, area where they have cornhole and benches and seats so you can kind of come and hang out, listen to music, play a game of cornhole, get a great burger. Their burgers are amazing. I get so excited every time I have a show at Bell Hall because I can't wait to eat. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's just like a super, super cool place to uh, to hang out. And um, it's really fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm playing with um, Paul Franceschini, my guitar player. So it's a good time. Very, very cool. Cool. Well, we're gonna, let's get the plugs out there for you. Um, the album. Where can everybody buy this amazing album? Because it needs to be heard, and people need to realize like they're missing out on something. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so the album is on iTunes. Um, it's Stephanie Johnson, if you search me. And it's Stephanie with an F, so it's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E. Um, or you can go to my website, and it'll have all the links for it. Um, it's also on Amazon and Spotify. So the website is www.stephaniejohnsonmusic.com. Hey, that was simple enough. I'm surprised that wasn't taken. Oh. <laughs> well, stephaniejohnson.com was, but we added the music in there, and then we're like, oh, okay. I'll take that. Yeah. Very good. Cool. All right, well, I'm going to play the song for everybody, and uh, this way they can uh, also get a taste of what they're missing out on. This is a this is the new single, new video. Check it out. Go to YouTube. Yep. Check out this one, and check out the other one. And which uh, this one didn't have no Corvette in it this time. <laughs> nope, no no Corvette. We got some cows though. <laughs> That's not like a fair trade off. <laughs> <laughs> it was so 
funny when we were filming it. Um, like when we first started playing, all the cows started running as close as they could to the fence. And we're like, oh my god, we're playing till the cows come home. It was so <laughs> cool. They just all came running, and then like once we were playing for a while, they left, and I was like, oh man, did we screw up or what? <laughs> but it was just it was it was really cool. I don't think they're actually in the video though. I don't remember seeing any cows, but. Keep your eye out. You might see a straggler in there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, so uh, Stephanie, again, thank you for everything, and uh, let's play this for everybody, and let's uh, let All me right. work on another show and get you down here. All right, that sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely, thanks. All right, well, here she is, Stephanie Johnson, with the latest "All I Know."
good stuff. Stephanie Johnson, all I know. It's intense. You can hear the angry girl in her coming out. You can hear the intensity in her voice. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, it, it's, I mean it, too. That's a freaking awesome album. There's a, there's so much going on there, and people, like, somebody really needs to hear that and, like, share it with the world. That's really, like, I, I, I'm trying for all of them because I believe in all these freaking uh, artists that we're putting on here. And I'm, like, somebody with big money, like, hear them share it like sign them to a big deal like they deserve it so uh uh we got like 10 minutes before gina comes on um and before we take a quick commercial break uh i had to actually watch a few movies the other night and um one of them and, and i told you the movies i had watched but one of them was um that founder movie with Michael yeah. Keaton. Did you happen to see that? I did, actually. I got it on pay-per-view a couple uh, weeks ago. Dude, uh, is it me, or, like, is Michael Keaton just an amazing actor? He really is. I mean, I, there's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he just, he really just gets you so sucked in and into that role, and... <laughs> He, uh, you know, it's funny because every time I look at him, he's Michael Keaton, but he's an amazing actor. Like he, he he's so believable in his roles, and you know, uh, it's just an amazing movie. I thought, amazing story it, movie. It, it was man. I, I I and they took parts of like Ray Kroc's autobiography, and then they took parts of like the unauthorized version, and. uh I thought it was really cool, man. I did too. Like I didn't know like none of that stuff. I, I, for all these years I've been eating McDonald's, like I knew none of it. And um, <laughs> the guy basically stole the company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely wanted something that they weren't prepared for, but they created right. it. I mean, it was their like that logistically they figured it all out. He just I say this a lot but like he was the first. You know what I mean? Like he was the right. promoter who got there first. And he exploited the shit out of it and he made it into you know what it is today, but I mean they never got their royalties that I, I, I mean oh dude <laughs> like they got to keep the store. That was like the big win for them. Yeah, like how about <laughs> that was the scary part. They were supposed to get one percent of uh, you know the I guess the gross or whatever it is uh, on a yearly basis, and uh, it was supposed to be the he made it a handshake deal that part, and he never paid them another dime. And they said that would be equal today. To worth a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, that's. Oh man, that's a, that's like that. You can't count that much money over the years. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just no billions. Now it's they billions. did get a pretty big lump sum. I mean, they weren't you know suffering for money. No, no. But they get like two and a half million. They got one point three each. 1.3 each, yeah. So 
that's that's the original store. (laughs) Right, right. Wow. But how about um the way the way they came up with the system? I I just thought was completely brilliant. Um, out on the tennis court with the chalk. It it really was like somebody who had seen it done wrong so many times was like figuring it out how to do it right and just the way that they practiced and practiced and got it right like they knew that it had to be a machine right yeah it it was wild i think i was just i got really sucked into it like i i couldn't believe um i didn't think it was gonna be good i really didn't think the movie itself was gonna be that good (laughs) And uh, I just I got sucked in. I just thought it was an amazing movie, and uh, Michael Keaton really I thought was amazing. And uh, I, and another I mean this Ray Kroc guy what a, what a fucking guy this guy was. He and then he steals one of his uh, one of his franchisees' wives. Yeah, <laughs> you know though I mean he did sort of come up with this idea though of like protect your brand. You know what I mean? Like he, he, like it was exactly the way he gives it to you, or not at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone's gonna be, and that model has made probably trillions of dollars at this point. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Inside <laughs> oh. innovators. Uh, dude, I, I mean, but it, it was it was funny. Like I was cracking up too. Like every time he fucked with them brothers, I was cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> when he sent them the strawberry mix, I mean, come on. Oh, that's really funny. That <laughs> oh, was a good movie. It was a good movie. So, all right, well, let's. Uh, yeah, three minutes to go till ten o'clock. So let's uh, let's take a com- commercial break. Okay. <clears throat> let's pay our bills, and um, we'll be coming back, and uh, we'll be talking with Miss Gina Zoe. So stay tuned. Attention, business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. 
Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. All right, welcome back to the radio. And there you go. Hey, you like that picture, Nick? And that's not my wife. Yeah, that's funny, dude. <laughs> it's funny. A friend of mine, uh, we, we went last night, uh, you know, when everything was going down this past week. Um, right. Uh, this friend of mine is going out with this guy now who, he's, he, you know, from the area, from we probably even went to high school together. Um, and he does, he, he plays like seven nights a week throughout, like, the Delaware County area. Um, so he actually reached out to me to see if he can help me in any way, like, trying to move the show or find me, uh, you know, whatever I needed. And um, so I went and saw him last night. He was playing at this uh, this barbecue spot uh, last night, just doing like an open mic thing. So we went and saw him, hung out and all, and, you know, thanked him and do some quote-unquote networking. So I said, hi, oh, I got a new business card. I said, so here you go. I gave him to a uh, – it's funny because I've known his girlfriend for 30-something years. Um, so I, I gave the business card out. She goes, here, let me, let me show off the business card. Let, the, she goes, believe it or not, it took me many years to find out, but these things really work and get you a lot of places. So here, let me help you network. And she took the picture and put it up. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever works. Say, hey, right? Oh, that's funny. <clears throat> yeah. So. Now you have to keep us updated on how many likes and shares it gets. You know what? I think she actually posted it in our group. In the 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 totally driven, I think she posted it in. I'd have to double oh, check. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'll, I'm going to post it out probably tomorrow. Like I'm going to post it on the the Facebook pages and all, and Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Like what? Uh, I guess hashtag cleavage. I don't know. Hashtag networking. Like, <laughs> uh, too funny. But anyway, <clears throat> let's welcome back to the show our good friend Westchester's own. I like saying that. Miss Gina Zoe. What's going on there, Gina? Hi. 
Hi, how are you? It's good, good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm so I'm yeah, it it has been a while since my last album. Um I'm I'm really good. Life's going great. Yeah, you know, you know, and and before we get into the the whole thing, let me uh, again offer <laughs> apologies to you as well um for this whole fiasco of this uh, sh- quote unquote show and show business, shall we say? Um yeah, it, you know what? You weren't even on the oh, I, I if you're bored and need reading material, I'll send you over the the thing too, so you can actually see everything that transpired after oh, Friday God. because it was just even worse. You're kidding me. That, oh that's my God. All. I mean, the people, the people in the industry sometimes can be so not um, not not polite's not even the word. Just being, like they think about like very selfish. So like they don't think about what everyone else is doing in their lives. So right. I, I I feel bad for you for you guys because I know it can be just stressful as a you know promoter radio show person or an artist myself like people just don't care you know what and yeah and, and that's what you, you when something like this happens and I, I really found that out like it truly like uh, it was a lot of selfishness going on you know and mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. just looking out for themselves which I, you know I get to a point especially where it's like people involved sure. with the the, the club and it's their livelihood and all and I get that mm-hmm. but there was like so many other people that they just left um, hanging and it just sucks. Sure. Yeah I mean I think people forget in this industry that it's it's about giving it's not necessarily about yourself all the time and um, I, I mean I'm, we'll we'll talk about the album soon but I think that's that's kind of always my goal is to um, to reach other people and not always just reach myself because I can do that on my own. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It's easy to do stuff. It's harder to reach everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. Now, it, it, the show actually how long it's been, and like you said, you know, from your, your first album and all, I'm thinking to myself, like, you hadn't, it's probably been a year because last time we talked, you hadn't uh, gone into college yet, and you, you got your first year of college under your belt now. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, that, it must have been because I'm in, my mom had moved since then, so I'm in a whole new whole new house now and uh, yeah I, I oh, wasn't no. in school so I have a I have a lot more experience on my back now um, since since the last album which is crazy to even think about that it's been a year so, so do you look back at that year and think like wow I, w- I was such a, a little girl then that knew nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh for sure for sure I mean I feel like your your freshman year of college is like a huge year and you grow up so much um so even even looking back and when I was on The Voice, that was like that was almost like two years ago now when I did my blind audition. So it's weird to think back that far of how fast time flies and how much I've grown, you know, spiritually and mentally and everything. It's crazy. I just I'm shocked. Now, do you still keep in touch with anybody from the show going back like two years later now, or? We're we're all still you know friends on Facebook and and we keep up with each other. We have a, a voice group chat, um, but it's different. Uh, you know, everyone the the voice it it was a big part of all of our lives, but a lot of us have kind of not moved on. That sounds like such a like a sad term for it, but um, I think just kind of kind of grown from that part of our music career. Um, but I sure. still you know my vocal coach that I had on the show. I'm still friends with her on Facebook. Um, and some of the other, you know, producers and helpers um, along the show. I'm still friends on Facebook, so we all 
see each other's stuff, but we're not always, you know, we're not talking all the time. It's not, they have, they have so many other things to worry about than than my life. (laughs) (laughs) So let let me ask you this question too. Uh, um, It's been kind of the question of the night. Do you mind talking to people on the phone or do you prefer just like messaging and texting? Oh my goodness. I, I feel like I've had this conversation with so many people, even just as my career has been going on too. Um, definitely I like talking on the phone like 20 times better because not only that, but like people can wait to say what they want to say and think about what they want to say over text and over phone or in person. It's such a more raw feeling, if that makes sense. Like they have to say it right away. So if if they're just sitting there saying nothing, you know what they're thinking. (laughs) Like, Like there is something going on there. Now, I, I just want to say, because this has been, uh, uh, I've been going back and forth with my co-host, Nick, about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, right now, I am smiling ear to ear. All right, but three guests, two hosts, you still lose three to five. <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> Did you think well, they were going to say texting? Oh, and Nick refuses to answer. The, he has not answered a fo- single phone call in 2017. He's done using the phone. Oh, gee. Why? <laughs> that is the... The phone, oh, you know what? You're going to sink into the internet world and never come out. Like, you need to step out and use the phone. Oh, it's so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are days days when someone says they're going to call me and it's like a meeting and they don't call. And I will will be honest and say that I, like, I, like, cry tears of joy because I just don't want to talk on the phone. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk to anyone. Can we just text? Like, there are days. There are days. But but talking on the phone is a little more um, emotional, and you're able to connect, yeah. I feel like, better than texting, in my opinion. But, but, see, that's what I'm saying. You know, you have so many hours in the day. You're a busy person. you got all these things going mm-hmm. on. And I hate the fact that when you get on the phone, you have to spend two and a half, three minutes with small talk and sort of mm-hmm. just stuff that you really don't care about. Like, I like the fact that communication via the Internet and stuff like that is, is quick and to the point. You know, what do you want me to do? Yes or no, I'll do. Sure. I mean, I think I don't think you should waste your time talking on the phone to people who are just going to be small talk people. Small talk is meant for texting and real conversations meant for the phone. And me and Bay have real conversation every week for four hours when we're on this show. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, like, I think we might have actually in uh, the uh, the over four years we've been doing this show. I think there's been like maybe two times we've had actual phone conversations, and it does uh-huh. it gets to like it's like very awkward. Oh, well, yeah, a phone conversation when you don't know what to say can be extremely uncomfortable because you're just sitting there looking at your ceiling and they're like, are they going to say something next or do I have to say something? <laughs> now, now, but here's, here's the thing that, that he says. Now, this is where I'm, I, I get confused. He will mm-hmm. FaceTime. He said, I don't mind FaceTiming with you, mm-hmm. but I won't pick up the phone. Like, I, I don't understand the difference. Yeah. Help you. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I hate small talk. It's such a waste of time. I, I, I mean, I could, I could, yeah, I could, I could see that because FaceTime's a little more face to face. I, I like FaceTime better than, than calling. I'll have to agree with you on that. But what if they don't have an iPhone though? Then you're, then you're lost. Well, then they use Facebook Messenger or Marco Polo okay. or one of the like thirty Marco other Polo. apps out there. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh jeez. Uh, so Marco all right, so. <laughs> so um, yeah. So all right, so, so yeah, it's been a year. Uh, you've gone through college and you've been playing like now. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not just playing the shows in Westchester no more. You're you're out of Westchester. You're playing so shows not only in the city of Philadelphia but around the country as well. Yeah, I've um I went well before I before I was on your show last year, I was in Tennessee and I've done stuff in New York, um New Jersey. Um I'll be doing some more stuff in New Jersey. I'm thinking in August. Um and sadly, I got invited out to a festival in Chicago and it's not it didn't end up working out with our schedule. Um mm. but opportunities rolling in, it's it, it's been it's been amazing to have more doors opening and more people working with me. Um, and and finding and finding people around the country who feel a similar way about music, but in a different form. Because everyone, I find that everyone from a, all the different states all have a different way. I feel like of going about you know life and and who they are. So they bring something different to music, which is interesting right. to to talk to them about. Yeah, and that's gotta be the cool thing too. Like especially getting like you're saying like playing different parts of the country, not just here in like the, the Philadelphia or the tri-state area mm-hmm. where it is truly different kind of cultures, basically like in different parts of the country. Sure. Yeah. So that, that's sure. definitely cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's completely different. And it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, that my song has been playing um, in, I heard that it's been playing Kansas city, um, Missouri. And hearing that it's playing there is like, what? Like, how do those people know me? I just got my um I have a I have a Twitter and I just got a Twitter fan page in like Japan and I'm like, How how do they wow. know me out there? Like what? That's weird. It's, it's, that, so when I hear stuff like that, that's gotta freak you out. Oh, it's wild. And and to see like when I go on my YouTube page and I'm seeing, you know, where where are fans coming from the most? Where are they watching from the most? And it's like it's that part of the country. It's the, 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 near Japan or it's um, a little Middle Eastern. And that's where I'm getting like most of my views um, or in, you know, in that section of Asia. So it's interesting to see wow. that and to see, you know, that people, I, I feel like they're a little more technologically advanced in that area in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even if, even if we're, you know, a necessarily maybe a richer quote unquote country, um, they're definitely not behind they're definitely not behind on the technological standards. So to hmm. see that, that's pretty cool. That's wild. Yeah. Now with the uh, with the uh, the new new music, mm-hmm. you got like uh, you put a new new what was it new video and new single out called Poor Water, which is kind of harder edge for you. Yeah. So that that song is actually off my last album. Um, but this spring we did the music video for it, um, just trying to get more content. Um, okay. And that is one of my more rock songs. Um, but my new album, you know, the song that that we'll be playing tonight, um, is 
the newer sound that I've been working on, um, more poppy, um, okay. more fun, and it's uh, it's less dark than pouring water. That that album was pretty dark, so it's nice to see some some new sunshine and. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say like it, now the the uh, the new single because you sent me over the new single and I'm like, wow, like this is yeah, just that it's very poppy and happy and upbeat and I was like, wow, it's very different from the last time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you know my the, the label I'm signed to has been kind of pushing me towards this route and I and I love it because this it's something people want to dance to. It's something people want to groove to. And not that I don't love my last, I'm obsessed with my last album, but it's not the same. This is more something someone can jam out to. And then I got my last album. If you, you know, want to cry your eyes out. <laughs> so I got all the different, <laughs> all the different albums from my fans. <laughs> You're covering all the bases. Literally. My next album is super sad. So they're, they'll get a, they'll get a real feel <laughs> to your jerker. I've already got that one done. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is so funny. Now, is there? There's not a video out for this one yet, right? Not yet. I have. Um, I've got filming next week. More in August. We're trying to get like five videos done for the next part of the summer. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be working my ass off every single day. So I got this week off Fourth of July. Got to relax, and now I'm I'm back in back in line. Back to work. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love I love working, but I, some days I am like, oh my god, it's studio day again. It's already Sunday. I'm like, okay, back to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, next thing you know, it's gonna be back to school. Oh, I'm, oh my god, yeah, that's that's all. It's all coming way too quick. The summer is flying by. It's shocking. Two months by in, in a flash. I know. It, it, it truly has been like a blink of the eye, and then next thing you know, it's gonna be August and craziness i know and then when my next album comes out it's going to be the time on the show again and it's like time is just going by (laughs) it is it is and as uh as i know i'm getting older it's definitely getting quicker so uh somebody please don't scare me like that (laughs) cool so all right so uh let's let's put all the plugs out there for everybody where can everybody get the uh the uh, not the sad, but the uh, depressing album with uh, a very emotional. And where can everybody get the new happy, upbeat music? Sure. So, so both of my new album is not out yet. That's out July 21st, okay. and it's going to be out on um, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify. Right now, the first two singles are Blue and Dancing Fires, and those are both out. You can either download on Spotify or you can get on iTunes. Um, and it's the same for my last album, too. So if you're looking to, you know, see what I used to do and see what I'm currently doing, that's all still on Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. And uh, something, too, I wanted to say. Now, the the new picture on your Facebook page, is yeah. that like the the album cover, I'm guessing? It is, it is. So that um, it's me in the water. Um, that is my new album cover. The the photos that I've been more recently posting are all from the photo shoot for my album. Um, so that is the album cover right now. We haven't put that out on iTunes or anything. We're using just single covers right now. Um, but that on July twenty first will be out and available. That whole cover. 
And it's got the little, which <laughs> I saw it right away. I said to myself, I wonder if okay. happy and excited about this. The little parental advisory sticker on there. Oh, I know. It scares me. My mom, my, my uh, it's the song Blue, my, one of my singles that's already out. Um, it says, um, it says the F word and the D word and whatever. It says a bunch of curse words. And my mom, she's so funny. She goes, I bought the clean version. I'm like, oh, good, mom. Oh, good. If you are not allowed to buy the explicit version, so <laughs> there is a clean version available. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. That's well, so we're going to find um, a, a clean version of a song. We'll be playing Dancing Fires, So, uh, <laughs> which uh, – now with this new music, are you going to be like more dancing style on stage? I mean, is, this is going to be like a big change, right? Um, I mean, I already, I'm already very, you know, I dance on stage my whole entire performance. Um, but for my actual shows, it'll probably be a little bit more instrumental. We're working right now with, as a band on figuring out how to to make these songs playable for our kind of audience, um, okay. for the size and the venues that we're doing. Um, so Dancing Fires currently is not in our set, um, but when the album comes out, you guys will recognize during the set a lot of um, the songs on the album, the new album we do play in our set, just a little bit differently. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, yeah, and the social media plugs and all that, let's get, make sure we get that, all that out there as well. Of course, of course. So my Instagram is at Gina underscore Zoe. And my Twitter is also the same, at Gina underscore Zoe. And you can follow my Facebook. That's also Gina Zoe. My Snapchat is Gina Zoe. Um, those are all where you're going to find me. I just started Tumblr, which is Gina Zoe. Um, and Pinterest, too, is also Gina Zoe. Everything you search at Gina Zoe, it, you will find it. That's, it sounds very tiring. There's <laughs> too much social media stuff. Gina Zoe, Gina Zoe, Gina Zoe. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, Gina, thank you again. It was uh, great catching up with you. And uh, let's not wait uh, a year to catch up again. And uh, yeah, please, hopefully, please. Can... when my album comes out, call me. Absolutely. And hopefully, I can get a, a, another show situated and we yes. can uh, finally uh, get together and see you do your thing. That would be, that would be amazing. I'm so excited. And uh, thank you for having me on the show again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, everybody, here it is. Gina's new song, Dancing Fires. Take care, Gina. Thank you.
dough. Dancing Fires. That song actually makes me like, is it like a quote unquote chair dancing? I, I, I like was making like it wasn't even like I was making myself. I was like just like started bopping around to it. Like you can't help yourself. I just wasn't dancing fires. I was dancing chairs. All right, contain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now that's pretty wild, Nick. Like she had mentioned how um, you know she gets a lot of people from where was it Japan or China. And you were saying you just sold a bunch of books over, like, in Taiwan. Like, it's got to blow you away, like, especially, like, on a random thing like that. In one week, like, one lump of books, like, sells. Yeah, and I don't really know what to think of it, if it's, if it's random or if it's last or something like that. But because it comes from a foreign bank, my bank always sends me these alerts. And I'll, every once in a while, they'll just pop up. You have a transfer pending from Denmark. And yeah, wow. it's it's wild. But now, that's let me, the let me, internet, man. No, let me ask you this: like when when you go like um, something like that with your books, and uh, I'll even relate it to it's the same with like music and all. And I look at it because I mean I don't write books, but like when I'm putting these YouTube videos up and all of these interviews and all, um, almost like an investment. Like it's there, and you never know when something can be, you know purchased or clicked on or whatever it may be to um, generate money. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like it's a kind of like a lifetime investment. It's always going to be there. It's They call it passive income. It's like, it's not guaranteed. And you know, it it may not come as, as regularly as a job, but I read somewhere that your average millionaire has seven income streams. And some of those are passive streams where you just sit back and the money sort of trickles in. And some of them are like your full-time jobs, you know what I mean? Uh, to try lots of different things. And I do a lot of weird advertising things that don't make sense. But you can sort of see results, you know, if you, if you watch your website and where your hits are coming from and stuff, you can kind of see, like, it's it's really weird. Interesting. The whole thing's interesting. It's just amazing and weird how things work. It is. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, let me see here. Do you want to do a uh, real quick before we get into our top three countdown? Um, something we got away from. Did you want to do the uh, Instagram thing? Like top Instagrammer of the week? You know, honestly, I was having a hard time with that one because I didn't really know what qualified as top Instagrammer. Like, all of my pics are just hot girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> just uh, whatever stood out to you. It could be hot girl. It doesn't matter. You know, they're the only ones I follow. I, like, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> well, one. Uh, I'm going to follow Entertainment Weekly on Instagram. No. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, no. I'm, I'm not, come on. <laughs> Follow Britney Spears on Instagram. Uh, she puts up the wildest, like, just videos of her walking. Yeah. <laughs> but you know who one has I want to good Instagram? Willa. She, she is great on Instagram. She puts it's up the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. 
She she seems like a trip boy. She really does. <coughs> so I I don't know if I mentioned this before this one, but um, the girl on my my uh, favorite show of 2017, American Pickers, uh, Danielle. Uh, if you follow her on Instagram, she puts amazing, it's, and it's mostly always videos, videos up, or, or like she'll do it live or whatever. She's really into the whole like burlesque, and she used to be a burlesque oh, really? dancer one time, yeah. And dude, she's got like this, like a hula hoop type swing thing, like literally hanging over her bed, and <laughs> from the ceiling, and she's constantly doing these videos of her. Dressed up like a burlesque girl with like a g-string on and all, doing these videos where she is like swinging from the ceiling. It's and they're wild. I'm just like she's gonna fall on her freaking head. But it, just check her out. It's um, what's the name? I think it's I, I know, Colby or something like that. But uh, yeah, okay. it, wild, wild stuff. You know who has a good uh, Instagram as well as uh, we were talking about her earlier, Maria Menudos. Oh, really? So, you know, that's not one I follow, and I should. I follow her because, uh, believe it or not, she was on One Tree Hill. Was she? <laughs> yes, for like a season and a half. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, all right, so... um. One thing we have been doing is our top three musical countdown, uh, where me and Nick have been going back and forth and picking topics each week. And this week it was my pick, and the 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 way Nick ended up describing it is better. So if you can remember, help me out here. Um, the way I described it was like a song that makes you just feel uh, like unstoppable and invincible and. Just like you can just take on the world and destroy it, um, but the way right, Nick sort of just like a, yeah, I forget what I said, man. But it's I I know you like just aggressive and wilding out. You know what I mean, like totally. So I, I had a really hard time with this one. You know what? I I kind of did too because like I I had like one or two definites, but just like I haven't been able to think. So. Um, the third one, it was like really like I was like scrambling before we went uh, live on the air. So let me. Um... Well, for me, I, I came to sort of the sad realization that it's been a really long time since a, a song has made me feel that way. And um, I had to go back all the way to like. When I was a teenager, the songs that made me feel that way, you know what I mean? Right. Well, you it know what? That's it, yeah. Too. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely like older songs. Like definitely like younger days when listening to more aggressive stuff. I mean, I still do, but so let me uh get my number. Three. All right, here we go. So number 3 is um Slayer. <laughs> Who else? You know what I mean. So uh, yeah, I was just trying to think of a Slayer tune that, like, when I hear it, it's just like, oh yeah, like it's on. And then I just thought of also too, um, when I saw them in concert, uh, you know, whenever it was, almost a year ago now, um, 
when they played this, like the place just went freaking bonkers. It, it was just all out fucking war um, on the floor. And uh, the song is Raining Blood. And it just like the way it starts and then it just kicks in, it just so slow and you don't know exactly what you're going to hear. <laughs> right, right. And then it's just like, oh shit, it's on. You might have to turn the volume up, bud. All right. Oh, there you How's go. that? I wish Jimmy was here because, like, I'm not getting anything, dude. Wait, what was that? I said I wish Jimmy was here because I'm not getting anything, and I I, ho- I hope it's me. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, yeah. But just the slightest, like, I can hear it. Like before, you know what I mean? All right, let me, because I actually, I mean, I have the volume down on YouTube halfway. Let me turn it up some. Then I just can't hear you. So let me. Is that better? That is a lot better. Okay, cool. We just can't talk during the song then, but uh, I'll just say right the, right the, like that part of the song makes the whole thing. That. Yeah. I mean, right here. Come on. You just want to fucking kill people, don't you? (laughs) I mean, seriously. Come on. Now I 
ta-da. <laughs> it goes into that killer guitar riff, and then it just goes freaking haywire like it's, uh, uh, what's the name? <laughs> Coked out fucking frenzy. Like, they're just, that's it. He's unstoppable. Right. <laughs> so, all right, let me, uh, let me pull up your number three. Like I said, dude, this was hard because, I, I mean, I haven't felt that way, I guess, in a while. Like, the uh, I'm mad pretty often, but I don't know that I get, like, wilding out crazy anymore. You know what I mean? No, you, uh, yeah, no. I, I'm not saying you're getting crazy, but you just you feel like you can get crazy and take on the world. You get that sort of invincible, yeah. It's been a while. It's like a total rush. I mean, you get like this adrenaline rush. Absolutely. You get that just like you, there's nothing you can do that can beat me. Right. So, all right. So here's a, here's your number three. I'll let you do your little talk up. Oh, you want me to do it beforehand? Yeah. Okay. I, so, I don't know. Um, this one is the only Slipknot song I know. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I, I like how it, it's kind of two different songs in one, and it does. It, it, it starts to get you really like, like Beavis, man, like fire. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, here is Slipknot. Wait and bleed. I the rise up in me, kneel down and clear the stone of lace. I wander out where you can't see Inside Michelle I wait tambly I felt the air rise up in me Kneel down and tell I've shown on the wrist I wander out where you can't see Inside Michelle I wait tambly Tomorrow, a woman of our darling I'm gonna have this time Everything is gonna be fine for me I got the right angle, the irritating side of
All right, they get the point. <laughs> no, I I gotta say, dude, like I don't, I'm not happy with my picks. You know what I mean? Like I had a hard time connecting to the emotion that I was trying to go for. Like I, I it's it's been a while since I felt that way. You know what I mean? No, you know, I you know what I totally because like the topic in my head seemed simple. But really trying to nail those songs, like, it was like, wow, like. Right, because you listen to them and you're like, okay, well, not exactly, like, homicidal. I'm not angry necessarily. I'm not, you know, even super hyped. I'm just like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a, it, yeah. And I really had to sort of pull back to when I was sort of an angry young man. <laughs> You know, with uh, with when we get to my number one, like my number one, I like every time I think of it, like it's it, like that's the, like it, just the riff, the opening riff, just so fucking oof. Every time I hear it, I just like I, I, you know what I mean? Um, that's it. So it was like, like that was like thinking to myself, like all right, like I I get that feeling a lot, but it's gotta like, come in a random time. Like I was trying to force it. Put in the list right. And you listen to songs you, you make a list and you're like okay this is a good list Of ten songs and then you listen To them and nine of them don't fit After listening to it You know what I mean Right, right. Now, I, I Even think, like uh, no offense like the Slipknot song was a swing and a miss Even as it started Playing I was like oh, I wish I didn't Pick this <laughs> <laughs> But Dude, I that's do kinda remember Player. Do remember being like 19 years old and getting kicked out of the Slipknot concert and going crazy with all the other like headbanger fans. So it did sort of fit the criteria. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It had a little story behind it too. You got kicked out of Slipknot. Oh yeah, I get kicked out of a ton of concerts. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, all right. So, um, my number two is is kind of like another song, like my number one, actually. So, like my one and two, I I feel pretty confident about. Um, so let me let me I guess play them and see which one uh, if it really still holds up and works. But uh, my number two is uh, from Anthrax, and um, you know they went through a a, a a good chunk of their career, probably like a good ten year. Error where they had a, a different singer than um, Joey Belladonna. They had John Bush, who was known from being in the band Armored Saint. Um, and I just I loved that error of Anthrax with John Bush. It was just really I thought you know it was still Anthrax, but it was right. kind of more commercialized to a point. But they came out with this album. And from start to finish, I, I just it fucking blew me away. And this is the title track; it's the opening track on the album. And from this, I remember when I heard this, I, I bought it instantly because I was just, yeah. it was just giving me that feeling, like even the song title and the album title, "What Doesn't Die." Like, yeah. so enough bullshitting out of my mouth. Here it is. And the it's a fucking ready. YouTube ad. Mm-hmm. So are the veggies. 
I mean, come on. Everything about this fucking song. <laughs> and here we go. It's killing time. Come on, Nick. Come on. Yeah. 
I want to have a night of of male bonding with Nick, drinking Henry's hard grape soda and listening <laughs> to music like that. That's there you go. Oh, no that's food, funny, man. No FaceTime, just fucking uh, hanging out. You know what I mean? Like, come on, good fucking right stuff. Now, my my thing right now is uh, Captain Morgan private stock. What the hell is that? It's like this really dark spiced rum, and oh, I just drink it with a little bit of ice, dude, and just wow. You know what? I feel like I, a pirate. I had a, yeah, I had a drink uh, probably like two months ago somewhere. We went somewhere, and uh, in the description, it sounded good. And it had that spiced rum in it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. It is. It's sort of a very unique, sort of intense flavor. And the private stock is, like, aged differently, so it's even more intense. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man. (coughs) So, (coughs) excuse me. All right. So, Nick's number two is from Tupac. Yeah, uh, so... Okay, so all of the songs have been musically aggressive so far. And and the thing about this one is that it's not necessarily musically aggressive, but it's lyrically just, I mean, almost the, the most aggressive song I've ever heard. And uh, it, it really, I mean, the, the story behind it is that, you know, he was shot five times, and this is how he responded to that. Oh, this is gonna be good. Okay, so this is a uh, this is the dirty version from Tupac yeah. of Hit 'Em Up. Thank you. 
So, all right. So this is a uh, this is my number one song, and this opening same hotel opening guitar riff. Uh, yeah, it just from from the day it came out to you know now. Every time I hear it, I, I, this is it. This is what this whole top three countdown was made after was this song, and it's uh, Pantera. Okay, let me start it over. Pantera Revolution is my name. Listen to that. Come on. No, yeah. Fucking die back kills it on the clock. bothers me that we can never hear this band together again. Give me fucking chill. What is my deal? What is my deal? 
Like the fucking Superman cape is blowing hard in the wind right now. Fucking song takes my breath away. <laughs> now, like, I, I love this because this is exactly why this was created, it was to spur conversations like the one I'm about to start with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, like, I don't get Pantera at all, dude. Like, <sighs> I think really? that me and you, we listen to music in fundamentally different ways. I, I think that you're able to listen to a concert that's just music and really appreciate it for the fact of what the artist is doing. <coughs> Whereas when I listen to something, I sort of listen to it as a whole and how it sort of fits together. Always had with metal is that there, to me in my head, there's a dim, there's like a distance between the vocals and the music, like they just don't add up a hundred percent. I don't know how to explain it to you. No, no, I. You know what? I I can understand that because at times I, I agree. And, and as much as I love that Pantera song, there's some songs from Pantera like I, I totally feel that way. Like it just it don't work. Like it's just not. There's something missing. It's not working together cohesively. Um, but that fucking song, <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. No, no, every, no I hear you. I... <laughs> every element of that song just does it for me. It's like the complete package. That fucking guitar riff, uh, come on. <laughs> I, I, if, if somebody like crossed me and angered me and caught me at the right moment and put that song on in the background, I'd probably snap their fucking neck. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> with that being said, <clears throat> mix number okay. one. So, real quick, my number one. Um, uh, let me tell you about two songs that I didn't pick, and, and just real quick. I mean, like, I, I, in my head, I was thinking, okay, what about Enter Sandman? And then I listened to it, and I was like, no, that doesn't really work. And then I was like, what? Wasn't there a Limp Bizkit song where they were like? smashing shit, and then I listened to that, and I was like, no, that's corny now. Like, I remember that being cooler when I was younger. So it was really hard to sort of recapture that feeling. So I went as far back as I could remember, like, me with my, like, Symphony of Destruction, like, cassette player, and, like, this video was, like, it was the one I waited for all day to come on, and when it came on, I was just like, you can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? This is who I am. <laughs> <coughs> that young and invincible and stupid. <laughs> and you know what? It's a great fucking song, too. It is. And, of course, I have a Facebook ad that I can skip in three, two, <laughs> one. Skip. Skip. <laughs> 